Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody that's right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Call the ticket quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the motorway. Hello and welcome to episode 225 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. Alex Jones, Jack Harper will be joining us later, late as per, and we do have Sean with us. It's one of those pods. We couldn't have scripted a better pod for today. We've got the European Super League and our thoughts on that. Jose has been sacked. We've got Jake Paul to cover as well. The pound-for-pound king who won in 70 seconds on Saturday night and that entire car crash of an event. But first of all, it wouldn't be the spitballing pod without some news of the week, and we do have some good headlines for us to get into, so I will kick us straight off. Sean, are you staying with us for the whole pod, or just uh, getting your thoughts out on Jose? Uh, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> he just wants to see how entertaining we are, basically. <laughs> we might be the see only pod that's, yeah, that's doing a Carabao Cup preview as well, so uh, they don't make them like us. News of the week, then. Sorry, Sean. No, I've just said they really don't. <laughs> no. News of the week. Man suspected of pointing gun and throwing pizza at Domino's workers over a toppings dispute. He then uh, managed to dodge assault charges. So uh, there we go. Do you, do you remember TK when... Um, I can't think what game it was after. There was a, there was a big fight. And I think I came back from an Arsenal game, been buzzing for the pizza the whole way back. I'm pretty sure I'd messaged you about it. Got it. And they'd either forgotten the topping I was most looking forward to or added one on. So I did the complaint, which I don't usually like doing, but Domino's, if you complain, they say, look, if you don't take this complaint any further, we'll get your name here. We'll, we'll just give you a free pizza. Phoned up to claim the free pizza and... They wouldn't let me. It was during the start of the pandemic and they'd shut the Brockworth one. So they said, you have to claim it the one it is. So I complained about that and got another free pizza. So <laughs> two free pizzas off the back of that. I had a whale of a time. But there we go. Sometimes it is worth complaining. Don't just uh, pull your pistol out. What, what, was man, the, uh, what was the topping that you were most looking forward to? I can't Akira? think. I, um, I, did, I do love... The times they have uh, the chorizo, so- uh, the chorizo sausage, it's a real game changer. Um, yeah, my tip to anyone: you take the pepperoni or swap it for the chorizo sausage, and it's just a bit thicker and smokier. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, a man has spent a hundred days locked in a room on a live stream. He says he'll do it for five years for five million dollars as a custom piece of live wall art. Blimey. I'm re- so f- I'm really five million he's got. to stay locked in a room for f- five years. So uh, and is he completely visible the entire time in this room? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the toilet situation is, but I'm assuming he's not kind of got a toilet, got a camera in there. But yeah, basically, someone can pay to have him in their wall for the next five years. There's a bit of live wall art. Hmm. Like if you're ever up early, maybe you're waiting for Match of the Day to come on or something. Or and they used to have Big Brother on TV, but without the volume, and it was just them either sleeping or just wandering around aimlessly. Basically, like that, but. You're paying five million for it. That was great if you did happen upon an argument, though. Yeah, on yeah. There. <laughs> Just so happened you hit the jackpot. Obviously, I feel like you're the only one watching out. it as well. <laughs> uh, goat arrested after a report of a breaking. <laughs> Don't have the whereabouts of that, but a goat uh, has been arrested. Forty-six um, percent of Americans would like to see Dwayne the Rock Johnson run for president. And he, he was born in Hawaii, wasn't he? I believe no, so. Is he? Or, no, no, no. Is he? Is, isn't he Samoan? Is he Samoan? I know his family is like descendants. I don't know if he's yeah, half Samoan, isn't he? But I think, I think he's born in have, Hawaii. Uh, okay, he, that's all. Right. He's definitely American. Yeah, because yeah, you, you have to be born. You yeah. have to be because a lot of people were sort of saying about how they wanted Arnie to be the president, and they were like convinced if Arnie had ran for president when Trump first got in, that he would have got in. But I'm pretty sure he was not born in the United States of America. <laughs> no, no. So, <laughs> I'm like, I know he's a governor. I know he was a governor there at some point, but or I've can't remember what his status was in California. Yeah, but, he was governor. Yeah, yeah. They've also got Kane from WWE as a governor over there as well. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like the equivalent of me appointing my preserve and youth managers of football manager um, Tiago Motta, the assistant of my under 18s at the moment. By the way. <laughs> um, yeah, we'd, t- we'd take the rock over here as Prime Minister, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It'd be an upgrade on Boris. Mm. Um, not long. Uh, hopefully everyone does get behind Kanye's next presidential campaign. So uh, yeah. narrowly missed out this time. We need to go all in next time. Missing half of the polls. What exactly. a joke. <laughs> a joke of a person. Thinking of, uh, thinking of Tiago Motta, did you see that Rafael Marquez is due to take a job in the Barca you've set up. Oh. Despite the fact that he's still got charged against him for um, like drug trafficking and stuff. <laughs> I think he, he's like, he, he can't get into America, I think, because of the <laughs> charge. Even before that, he was legit one of my most hated ever players. <laughs> I can't even recall the game. I just remember him doing something snide in a Champions League game. And I just, I, I hated him before that, but that was like the icing on top. He was a player. I think it was against Inter, but... Not certain on that. Uh, man marries same woman four times and divorces her thrice in 37 days to get extended paid leave. Essentially, every time his paid leave ran out, he would either marry or divorce again to get the extra time because he wouldn't have any holiday left. <laughs> I admire the woman as well. <laughs> She's a trooper, trooper for going through this. Because that's a lot of paperwork as well. She's been up a lot of shit. 
they must have a lawyer in the family or something because I can't imagine it's cheap getting that paperwork done either. <laughs> uh, Florida driver smashes through traffic arm and jumps Daytona Beach drawbridge. <laughs> they saw that new Fast and Furious trailer going into space, by the way. Unbelievable. The uh, thing that they everyone jokingly said one day they'll do, they did. Yeah. Hopefully he says it today because he was whenever he says it on a podcast. The way Jack says unbelievable gets me every time, so I hope he says it today. What do you mean? I'll ask him to say it when he comes on. He says it like <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> um, Stoke on Trent neighbours plagued by phantom cabbage thrower. <laughs> Roy Delap has been he's been left in Stoke. He's, still, he's got to throw something. Um, police warn real life Mario Kart in Droitwich is no joke. <laughs> Driving bananas out your window and all sorts. Uh, after buying an entire abandoned ghost town in California, a man is stuck out there due to a snowstorm and the coronavirus. I hope he's good with beer. <laughs> he hasn't really thought that through, has he? My, my favourite headline this week. Uh, if you're going to buy that, though, that seems like the perfect... Yeah. You haven't bought it for any other reason, surely. Um, yeah. Mystery animal society in Krakow ends up being a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I saw this. <laughs> there was basically a croissant in a tree, and these people reported it because they said it looked menacing. And these people came out and then got closer and realised it was a croissant. I don't know who put a croissant in a tree, which is maybe the biggest part of that story. He's reported how many is going to cross Thousands come together for dung throwing festival in India. Oh. Worse than a paint party, Sean, or on par? <laughs> Close. Close. <laughs> if you had to, it's not hell for you, Sean, is that you, you step out of a paint party into a phone party and vice versa. <laughs> Um, Every time you think you're out of one, you're in another. If I'm just in a, if it's like one of those, I'm trying to think, what's it called? Uh, fairground where you have those houses that you go through. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like one horrors. Each it has horrors. That's it. But then, like each room you go into is, is either a phone party or a paint party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we went to uh, in uh, in it was Cavos, wasn't it? I, yeah, I, yeah. I, no one died there. Well, that was meant. <laughs> uh, finally, that dung, check... that, that, that dung, that dung, um, that sport in India. If it is a sport, that's not the weirdest sport condition, sport uh, event that I've seen it's this not a week. Sport. This is actually to celebrate COVID cases going down, and then they come <laughs> straight back up. So I have some of my feces. Yeah, they've got. Well, the they sport, weirdly got the, straight back up. The, the weirdest one that I've seen this week was I've, i'll just sum it up with one there was a a guy had a horse in a headlock that's 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 pretty much was what i saw castle, was it yeah. <laughs> uh finally then check nationwide weapon amnesty prompt citizen to turn in his tank to the authorities <laughs> oh that's it game's gone it's a sad day 
All right, that is news of the week done. Still no Harper. I don't know what food he's tucking away. <laughs> it must be something serious. It's a Lacazette type meal. <laughs> knowing the sort of person he is, knowing the sort of person he is, I bet you he signed some late deal to go and join some super pod somewhere else. <laughs> he's that sort of guy. Disrespectful, that is very disrespectful. It is disrespectful. Right. So, Jose has been sacked seemingly out of nowhere today. I didn't see any journalists kind of tentatively saying, like, the writing's on the wall, it's close. I think we all assumed he would at least get to the end of the season. Um, But Spurs' statement says, the club can today announce that Jose Mourinho and his coaching staff, Yao Sacramento, Nuno Santos, Carlos Lalin, and Giovanni Serra have been relieved of their duties. Daniel Levy said, Jose and his coaching staff have been with us through some of our most challenging times as a club. Jose is a true professional who showed enormous resilience during the pandemic. On a personal level, I've enjoyed working with him and regret that things have not worked out as we both had envisaged. He will always be welcome here, other than now, clearly. And we (laughs) should like to thank him and his coaching staff for their contribution. So, very quickly, uh, in similar circumstances to when Eric Dyer ran into the stands, people make up a story, and today was rampant with this, and they just put it on like, Always, if you look for it being like a watermarks little graphic where people want the credit for spreading a false story. But Jose was so disgusted by the European Super League, which we'll get to later, that he refused to take the players out to training. <laughs> it's just and ridiculous. I don't know how anyone believed this is a thing. Like they, people we fully hadn't... did, though, as well. For like an hour this morning, people were like, oh, well, he's fell on his sword here. That's admirable, isn't it? I saw a tweet like people just weren't ready for Jose to be the hero, I guess. <laughs> As if jo- Jose not taking Spurs training was going to bring the competition to his knees. If Jose <laughs> taking training, well, we're not doing it in that case. That's <laughs> the line's been drawn. Uh so the Athletics say it's understood the decision was results-based and nothing to do with Spurs' agreement to join the European Super League. In his first campaign, Jose took Tottenham from 14th in the Premier League to finish 6th, securing Europa League qualification, but were knocked out of the Champions League at the last 16 by Leipzig. No Premier League clubs dropped more points from winning positions this season than Spurs. The club crashed out of the season's Europa League at the last 16 to Zagreb. And obviously the things that we've seen, and we criticised his players in recent weeks, uh, hiding against Arsenal. Last week he said there was no intensity, no pressing in terms of creating attacking football. Some important players were hiding in the second half. We only had to improve, which we did. After the Newcastle game, he was asked about the point slipping, and he said same coach, different players. And Graham Souness, I'll share his... uh, comments before we uh, kind of give our take so he said to second guess what's happened Jose is an experienced manager and he's become so frustrated with the players when you've tried everything you end up having harsh words with them and falling out with them news of unrest in the dressing room then gets back to the decision makers at the club and there's only one outcome and that's for the manager to go um so he has spent the last few weeks kind of claiming he's the only head coach in the modern game, not given time to implement his project. But I guess the whole point of bringing in Jose wasn't to have a project. It was just straight away that Pochettino has put the groundwork in here. We need you to put the ribbon on top. 
TK, you wrote yeah, an but... article on the website this week, and I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say you've called it, but you certainly saw that as, as I guess we've seen several times before, the way that this could go. Certainly seen opportune timing, doesn't it? Now, um, I was leaving the floor open for one of the two Spurs fans to react. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't realize. I didn't want to piss on their uh, parade. I didn't know Byron had. Uh, had yeah, yeah. There's a theory, Sean, um, that Levy's done it today because he he doesn't want it to be a lot more awkward if Jose does win the Carabao (laughs) and then you're sacking the manager who's won the first trophy in 14 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's, that's, there's going to be two parts of it, I think. I mean, obviously it was coming to an extent, but yeah, there's that. Like, it makes it so much more awkward if he wins it and then we have to sack him. And then also it's this Super League aspect as well, I think, that probably comes into it, try and get a bit of good favour back from the fans. Um, there's, also, there's there's obviously also as well um, that I think there was a there was, in his package uh, there was conditions if he was in the top four and they sacked him while he was in the top four um, that there was going to be a larger payout as well. So it could have been. Can you mute Jack? Because you're making all sorts of noise here. <laughs> there's it's tactical in respect of they you know limiting the damage on the amount of money they're going to have to fork out to offload him. Um, which you know says a lot in terms of about his initial sort of expectation of where he wanted them to, how, where Levy wanted him to take the club in terms of well, top just getting top four was never going to be enough. So yeah, it's it's definitely and as well with the whole thing about. You don't think top four wanting, would have been enough for Jose? Well, no, top four would have top four would have been Wait, enough. He, like, put it like this: uh, what, what I'm trying to say is, if he say if he won the Carabao Cup on the weekend and then got top four, I still don't think that would have been enough for Daniel Levy. I think he still would have parted ways at the end of the season. Jack's muted, by the way. It's one of you that's making, like, I'm assuming it's Sean by past transgressions, but there's some clicking going on. I can hear the noise. I guess I I understand what AJ means in the sense of the situation we're in now, the environment with the club, the tactics and everything like that. I don't know if Jose would stay. It would have made it harder. But speaking, like, generally... Yeah, if you're a Spurs manager, all you really need to do is get top four. And if you win the Carabao Cup, it's a bonus. But what, what I'd say, though, is that like for I'm thinking of it as an individual entity in the respect that it was looking at Jose and where he was taking the club in terms of, like we said, Jose, Jose wasn't a project guy. He was to come in get you a title, get you get you something big and at any cost, even if it, you know, ultimately sent you on a bit of a spiral afterwards, like we know can happen after Mourinho. And ultimately, when we were talking the other week about this and we asked like, OK, say if we uh, did get top four and won the Carabao Cup, would it be worth it? Or if we won the Carabao Cup and didn't get top four, would it be worth it? I think my answer to that would be now based on, him as a manager and what we know he's won in the past, the players that were brought in and sort of the the lack of we know it's going to end badly eventually, I think that you were expecting more from him than just the Carabao Cup. I mean, you know, I, I think if he'd maybe done better in the Europa League, like really if he if he won the Europa League and finished in the top four, even though ultimately winning the Europa League might have you know, it gets you that Champions League qualification anyway, so it kind of makes the top four finish irrelevant. I think they were expecting something more along the lines of a, that or, a, you know, at the very least, pushing for a title, pushing for the Premier League title to a decent amount, showing that there is maybe some momentum there that he could carry the team forward onto the next season and then improve because 
right now he wins the Carabao Cup and he makes top four. I don't still th- I th- I still don't think you have that feeling that we're going to do better the following season. You think that it's like he's got through by the skin of his teeth this season. The relationships with the players don't look good, and then it's going to go on a bit of a downward spiral from there. If that makes he sense, been sat, he wouldn't have been sat though. There, there, there's no way they'd, they wouldn't have sat him. He would have probably ended up sat in October, November time. Yeah. They'd have had to let the car crash before they... You couldn't preempt the, the crash when you've got your top four in a trophy. Yeah. yeah I, Sean said, that, that's, that's, maybe, that's, that's maybe where the decision comes from because, I mean, he... That, why do that, it this week, I guess, is my question because the direction you're going in the jersey has been pretty clear for a while and you've known you've <laughs> been in the Carabao Cup final since, what, January? So, <laughs> yeah. well, to do it just so, now. So, so we know... And he would so have we know, about the Super League thing. Daniel Levy would have. Yeah, yeah. So... D- the Super League thing aside, obviously we know that Daniel Levy does like to, you know, keep an eye on his players, interact with them, see how they're feeling and all that kind of stuff. And without without doubt, there is maybe some prized entities within the club that he is maybe now upset that he, Levy puts more of a value on or sees more of potential in still. Obviously, we know that Harry Kane, by the sounds of things, has backed him to the end. But, you know, it's... What you what he says to Levy behind the doors can be entirely different to what he appears in the media, um, and you know the likes of Son similar. But there's probably going to be a few other players around there that have Levy Daniel Levy's ear. You know the likes of Gareth Bale, even though he's you know made it evident well, that he's not. He going would to have be been sat months ago. Yeah, uh, no, but it's kind Maybe of over it's time. Uh... It's, it's, it's a constant. It's a constant weighing back and forth of whether you're going to back the players or the manager in that situation. And I think in the last couple of weeks, even with the odd little flutter of maybe he might still get top four, oh, we have still got the Carabao Cup final, there's definitely more of a a divide. Ultimately, he should be unifying that changing room and putting them, you know, making a real team out of them. And evidently what we've seen in the last two months is that there's more of a divide forming in the change room in terms of when you've got Hugo Lloris coming out and saying that there's certain players in the club which are, you know, holding the club back. Well, Lloris I mean, was behind Jose as well. Yeah, when you've got a player coming out and saying that there is a divide there, and it's you know, unfortunately, you know, it's it falls if on the Kane, managers. If Kane's behind him and Lloris is behind him, then he's not being sacked for for those reasons, unless it's literally the entire squad, which I mean, I'm I'm not sure about there. I but uh... I just want to go back to 20th of November 2019 when. Pochettino was sacked and Jose was announced to be coming in and we can see Alex's reaction here. Um, celebrating with uh, the muscle emoji here. Come on, Jose, confirmed. This is huge. The efficiency of it. No messing about. I'm very happy with this. Uh, it's exactly what we need. Um, <laughs> he said, you woke up scared this morning, Byron. I can feel it. Um, <laughs> that bit was true. TK's, well, TK's made some comments which perhaps I shouldn't read out on here. Um, well, the thing is... suggesting it would be a disaster, though. For just uh, yeah, to, yeah you, you said it would be a car crash more inevitable than someone else's. <clears throat> yeah, but ultimately, yeah, back, back, then, back, <laughs> back then, when we were, you know, when we were talking about it, like, let's not forget, you were twerking for Jose. So, you know, it's, <laughs> well, it's, 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 interesting it's definitely, definitely, definitely... 
the, there was a lot of happiness in the feeling that we felt like we'd swiped him from Arsenal's grasp. He hadn't swiped him. If he could have gone to Arsenal, then he would have. (laughs) Talking about it it seriously, though, like like we said back at the time, you know, TK summed it up perfectly. We knew it was always going to be a car crash eventually. When has it not been with Jose? You didn't acknowledge that. I did. I 100% did acknowledge that. Alex, I'm reading the chat back now. But the problem is that with it, you think there's going to be that initial burst of success. Yeah, and the, that was, before the car crash, which obviously first, first club like, in 19 years that he's not won a trophy with. I know. I was just about to say that it's so Spursy that they didn't even get that one trophy bounce. Well, that that's it. That feels like that feels like an unfair, unfair when he's been that's been taken out away from him at the last second. And Sonny here needs to be he's been sacked. <laughs> I, I, I do find it really odd. And apologies if you've already posed this point, but. Jose with Spurs has Pep's number with City. He's performed well. The last time he got battered three 0 which according to the Athletic, this was where the Spurs team really turned on him. Apparently, at one 0 down, Spurs had twenty eight percent of the ball. He came in and was like OTT happy, saying, "Brilliant boys, this <laughs> this is unbelievable." And someone unnamed in the dressing room asked him if he was serious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> supposedly, this was it. On the on the day, actually, TK's put in here. Uh, I wish we had an immediate pod today for AJ to go mental and Byron to rant. Partly because I'll enjoy Byron's rant, but we can also go back and listen to AJ's excitement when it's all gone tits up for Jose down the line. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I actually moonlight as a Mystic Meg. Um... <laughs> Connor Harmer, bail to Spurs incoming. <laughs> And then, prophecy uh, podcast. We've got we've got Alex here. Um, I doubt Mourinho would have signed without some assurances. In terms of in terms of backing, because that's not exactly inaccurate. Because he, no, we, no, we, 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 you know, he got he got some resources put It'll behind him. So, now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, I I can understand the slightly uh, drunken excitement. I think of all Spurs fans a little bit kind of. Had that initial no oh, more than um, Had that initial thing of I'm not sure we should be doing this before just going fuck it I'll get excited, and then I think slowly but surely that his style of play kind of uh, wore off that excitement, didn't it? Well, uh, yeah, like as a ma- as a manager, you know, without sounding too disrespectful to to other other managers out there, but you know he you you sort of associate him up there with a guaranteed trophy and at the time at the time you know that's what everybody was crying out for and also you know there was a lot of there was a lot of talk at the roundabouts that time uh, with a lot of the Spurs players in the change rooms they've like lost their lost that mentality they're struggling to get their fight back been obviously just coming off the back of the Champions League loss like trying to rekindle that fire which was evidently had been lost under Pochettino you know a, a manager who like Mourinho who does focus a lot on players mentalities philosophy and all that kind of thing mentality. you know and help develop yeah yeah he does he talks he does talk a lot in his if you saw he talks about a lot about that win men, winning mentality and you know let's not forget there was a brief there was a, a a good brief moment of the season of where we thought like that had kind of been nailed in in terms of not being nice being nasty um, sort of going out there with a bit more fight in them, being a bit more hardcore before it all went tits up. You know, they were still the best defensive they, team until like November, was it? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it. Which, 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 which is still, another manager. 
he got rid of Frank and he's got rid of Jose. Yes, yeah, got rid of him. <laughs> I can see Luke's how dark things were at this time because I, I see a comment from myself on this day saying, honestly, someone needs to tie Emery into the Epstein scandal. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I get the sense neither Alex or Sean are particularly upset that he's gone. No, not not upset that he's gone. Uh, <clears throat> Ryan makes so disrespectful. Ryan, so Ryan disrespectful. At the wheel. He's going to win us the Carabao Cup. He's going to be the best thing be, to ever happen to your club. He's going to be our Arteta. It's going to be your Hansi Flick. I mean, I, uh, this is the thing. I mean, PSG. It, well, if the Champions League goes ahead, um, I'm. It's almost certain that PSG are going to win it because Pochettino is going to get that trophy. <laughs> Um, so I'd be more upset about that although I would also kind of want them to win so I'm quite torn on that one I'm uh, looking forward to Jose's Instagram post that's the best, that's the best thing that uh, <laughs> we've had happen in uh, recent times Yeah. Um, I did wonder with the sacking whether if there is an element I know the Super League thing maybe kind of blows us out of the water but if there was an element of hoping a late season surge is a last play to try and keep Kane if potentially within that, if he can see some form of progression, then he they might be able to convince him. Nothing, anything else. Oh, yeah, we are essentially well, on a on a basis of even Spurs have essentially conceded that the only way I'll stay is if no one coughs up the money, which isn't a great place to be in. Well, do you think maybe this is a sign that Levy's perhaps anticipating him leaving and he's going for the rebuild? Sacking Jose, who doesn't want to be there. Hey, I hey, don't do sign not, off with a trophy. I don't know if you're going to initiate that the week before no. the cup. But he doesn't. Maybe do doesn't strike me as all of the decisions he's made. It doesn't strike me as he wants to do a rebuild, does he? Like he's got rid of Poch, got Mourinho in. It seems like he's more likely to go down the route of <clears throat> an established manager already, try and funnel some more money in, and because he's got obviously this backing of the Super League now, especially just try and funnel some more money in. And and, I don't think they need a rebuild. I think that this yeah. is kind of they need to cash in on what they've got now. Whilst, yeah. whilst you've got the pieces like Kane's son around, you've kind of got to cash yeah, in on these pieces. What's yeah. harsh is with the score of the players, I don't think we need necessarily need a rebuild no. either, really. We obviously need to get rid of a couple of dead wood, need to get some centre backs in, but other than that. We'll get on to the uh, Super League, but the, the, the article on The Athletic attributes part of the fact that Spurs have been included into the celebrity status of Mourinho. And the, and the boost he's given them to kind of make them look like one of the elite and be more commercially viable. Um, there's a, there's a like paragraph. Every player was worth it for the shirt sales. This is. Yeah. Well, there's a paragraph <laughs> I, I that think, says. I, did, I, did, I think that's a little bit disrespectful to, towards Spurs. <laughs> the respect they were saying that Mourinho is talking about to more financially viable. When before Mourinho was even hired, we were already in the top ten most most high um, grossing clubs in the world. So I don't think, from a business perspective, Mourinho. You know exactly was the difference in getting us over the you're line. Like big, in terms you're not a big club, though, are you? On by name status, they're a super. No, it, dep- it, no, it depends on what uh, it depends what you define as big. Though, if you're talking about results and stuff like that in recent years, then no, not at all. But if you're talking about from a business sense, then <laughs> if we're going by name or results, then it's neither. We'll get onto this super league because the fact you've been included in this, you should be happier more than anyone. There's there's an there's a paragraph. Well, this is from Arsenal fan. No, 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 no. 
no, that's, that's the most Arsene richest Wenger thing. Arsene Wenger's won more trophies than you have in your history. So let's, yeah, let's, let's, not, years, let's not talk well, about not comparisons. About, about, as Alex has said, it's not about trophies, is it? It's all about brand yeah. new and commercial money. Yeah, sure. and we're higher on there. We're higher on there too. But let's get back to uh, Jose. Yeah, a, uh, not by much. No, not by much, but that's not what's the point, going, though, is there's it? There's something going on with your mic, by the way. Like the first syllable you say gets cut off each time. There's <laughs> there's a paragraph on it, and it says, similar to what you said, TK, Mourinho and Levy were very close from the start. Mourinho would discuss everything with him, including team selections. Some sources who knew Levy thought the Spurs chairman was too close to Mourinho, too pleased with the fact he'd finally appointed one of the biggest names in football to manage his club. So. They say that look, sacking him has is, is hurt nobody more than uh, Levy, probably more than it's hurt Jose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell that by the Amazon doc, couldn't you? It's a bit... See, this, is, this, is where, this is where the cracks maybe start to show with Levy in terms of, like, he may be making poor decisions based on, you know, he's making decisions with stars in his eyes rather than... for years. Because, obviously, we're pretty convinced that bringing Gareth Bale back was a Levy sign-in. And then with the appointment of Mourinho, I think it was TK that summed it up quite well again, that you you have a manager in Pochettino who developed a way of playing with the squad and then you brought in Mourinho, he's completely different. And, you you know, it was always going to be a huge, huge, you know, drastic turnaround for them to suddenly switch to the Mourinho style of playing and guarantee success in the same in the same amount of time so you, you can't there's no way Levy looked at that manager switch and went yeah that's a good that's a good transitional fit which will work quite quickly um but you know you're sort of just banking on he's one of the greatest managers of all time I think that's the case he'll get us there no matter what so it's a decision based on emotion rather than yeah, logic I was about to say it looks like an emotional decision that's backfired doesn't it and that's well, yeah. I said, well, look, I can understand the initial thing where Spurs fans are maybe getting a little drunk and excited about it, but that's where, as a chairman, you've got to take yourself out of that and say, look at the last two jobs and how they've gone. And if common you, sense tells you we're not even quite as good as these other two teams, so it's probably going to go even worse for us. If you had a, a list of Levy's big decisions, he's made more bad decisions than good decisions, and I don't know how he has this reputation as being this like elite good. guy in his position. I think well, I think the look at the biggest have, look at the biggest have, things in in what's happened. I would, I would so say the, the, the biggest the things in Spurs maybe a bigger, but I don't know how many. Look where I'm saying of the big decisions, he's no, got no, more I, wrong than right. Come on. Right. So, so, so for I example, spending the bail money, the biggest one. No, no, no. I don't think that's a fair assessment. That's not fair. No, that's not a fair assessment at all because. Um, no, because right, Daniel Levy is the chairman of Tottenham Football Club. When he started and where we are now, he's taken us from not being in the top 20 clubs in the world from a, from a business perspective up into the top 10 as a business perspective. So as a, as a whole, growth as a club from a business perspective, he's improved it. Results-wise, actually, you know, you could say that, okay, cons- more of a consistent feature being talked about in the echelons of well, to put it bluntly, to be talked as talked as we are in the top six of the Premier League, this when we is know the that's Spursy thing I've ever heard. No, no, but no, I'm not saying right. I'm not saying that this is. I'm not. I'm not turning around and saying that he's great. But what I'm trying to say 
is yes, when you look at all the bad decisions that he's made, they get talked about more than the, the good decisions because the good decisions don't really get talked about. But it's kind of like the quiet progress which he has managed to make under the, with the club under his control, which is growing the club's status on a commercial level and growing the, growing the club as a whole. I mean, you, you know, know, you can't I say that you can't say. No, but that's the thing. The big decision sometimes when you in so a business big decisions set, have you got right. It's big those decisions. gradual, those gradual little decisions which yeah, keep gradual. on. Yeah, gradual. I'm saying the big decisions. <laughs> uh, yeah. So well, for, that's why I was asking for exa- you to give examples of bad ones, and then maybe they can give examples of good big ones. The the biggest ones, the biggest ones in recent times, have to be. The spending, the spending of the bail money, mm-hmm. replacing Modric, which probably comes in with the with the bail thing, because that was your first kind of elite player in that's that Eric, bunch. That's Ericsson, isn't it? Well, that didn't turn out as well as you'd hope, but I'll give credit there. Um, spending that's the bail money is is the biggest one, and replacing Pochettino, and both have been a catastrophic failure. Once you've got to the Champions League final, it has to be to build from there, and it's gone horribly backwards. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... Well, I mean, T- TK put it best anyway. He's, essentially, he's the reason why we've been successful, but he's also the reason why we've not been more <laughs> successful uh, in, in what he's what he's done. And then kind of similar to what happened with Arsenal is that um, we've moved into this new stadium and invested that, and then he's and then he's obviously cut... So they cut the spending ahead of that, and that, which led to the team getting old, people leaving, and then, yeah, it's got stuck in a position where... We needed something to change or rebuild, but then it was probably not. He's made a Even mistake. The, stuff there. the stadium right. name mistake. there isn't good. What did you say? Sorry. The fact that he hasn't sold the naming rights yet, when that was supposed to be one of the biggest things with the new stadium. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing part of that is to do with because of the situation we're in. But, sign yeah. the times at the minute. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, fair, I mean, if you look at what happened with. Um, City, but also Liverpool, I guess you could bring into that as well, where they've gone through, like particularly Man City, if you look at the start of the season, where they were like 10th and, and 8th, I know everyone talks about it, but people were obviously thinking, oh, do we need a change? Do we need a fresher up? And then about rebuild. been able to, yeah, and then they've been able yeah. to like obviously get past that and now they're going to win the league. And, and whether Spurs could have done that and Pochettino could have ended up like getting through it, um, but we didn't need more that's, men. That's Ultimately, he's judged on the, the the first thing he's judged on is is that bail money. There's 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 no getting past that. That could either have taken you to great heights with that money to spend, particularly at that time. And I don't necessarily disagree with the way of spreading it across players. It just looks like those were the wrong and players to, fair, to do. Ahead of time, he was getting lauded for it. They said, "Well, look, he's got rid of this player, but with all this money, he's brought in dot dot dot." And they were projected to be great. You know, Ericsson was a great sign for was like eight million or something. That is great. Soldado was supposed to be great. So the ones that look good on paper, you still get criticised for those. Like Liverpool still get criticised for your Ben Teke's and your ones sure. like that. Where on paper at the time they may have looked good, but, but that's that's why it's fair to criticise them because we were ready to give him the credit yeah. for these. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, really only one or two of them worked out. On yeah, the flip, and that's, so, and so, to give him to give him some credit, I will say where he's got Poch's replacement wrong, and this maybe lends itself to what Alex was saying where you're always going to get criticised more than you get praised. The very yeah. fact that we're saying about his replacement, the appointment of Pochettino looks a great one. Yeah, so that is. So he does yeah. deserve credit for that, for example. So Yeah, and, and like, I, I know, I know. like, so the first example that you gave with obviously the bail transfer, but ultimately, you know, when we were examining what was going on at the time, first of all, the, the, the thing that he got right was he 
he let Bale go, but he let Bale go at a record fee. So he got that mm. income. Yes, how it was spent wasn't that good. At the time, the signings that he made, I don't think, I, I will I will admit that I don't think Soldado was looked like a good signing. I think it was always going to be, he fitted in the like fitted in that bracket of a Spanish player that might not work in the Premier League perfectly. Um, but with regards to the other players that he signed, ultimately they just didn't deliver. But there was nothing to suggest at the time. That's like nobody was turning around. Nobody, nobody, nobody was turning around at the time and saying that those players weren't good signings for Spurs. You know, so it's not. So it's you know, we, you can sign. Like ultimately, but we're you not know, the ones paid to make that decision. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you, yeah, but how if he if he was going to get those signings right? It's what I'm trying to say is the blame for he signed the right players. Those players just didn't deliver. I know that's you also no, got to think as well. He's also in a very unique position where we would have given him an awful lot of credit had these come off. Whereas very few yeah. chairmen are in that position. We're not going to go. Oh, imagine all the the, uh, the individual chairman that I don't know at Leicester, for example, who can't miss with a transfer at the minute. We're not going out and going mm. to bat for the sporting director or whatever. We don't know most of these guys' names, but exactly. he forced whereas, himself into it. Yeah, whether he what? enjoys what? the uh, the fame is potentially part of it. Isn't yeah. It? Luke, what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm not trying right first of all nobody can tell the future because if they could I don't could, know if you know we, what you're trying to say <laughs> no <laughs> these are the right what I'm trying to say is he, a, he did all the, he did all the right things he did all the right things <laughs> you know he makes he, he, no he did all the right if things I in respect I'll pull it out he signed he signed, he signed the player he signed players that looked like they were going to be the right moves but what you know does he could have me he could right he could have turned around he he could have said he was going to be shit Luke come on Ted. <laughs> yeah, he was only the guy so, buying so, <laughs> Ted, but like everything everything that was at the time when he sport them suggesting that they were going to be good signings yeah, so it's kind of the Chelsea we still slagged them off because he was awful we're not. We're not going. Well, look, but, Torres should have worked for Chelsea. We're not. Going, you know, so it's fifty million. But look, he could have worked out. <laughs> look at look at all the players. Look at look at all the players that have been signed in the Premier League over the years with like large transfer fees that haven't paid off. But we aren't what saying I'm to say. they were the right move. Yeah. No, but it's, it's kind of like how many times? Right. How many times does a chairman actually get a sign in right? Like that to those extents. Oh, you so know, it probably only comes off. It probably only comes off to the extent that it does. Like one out of ten times, really. Well, look, I mean, that's, that's William Ericsson. is experienced in, in a young team. Are you saying Edu? Look on paper. I mean, why not give him that deal? I mean, he looked like he would fit <laughs> right. In. Ericsson ultimately did deliver. I mean, he wasn't the exact replacement. We're not but... arguing. We're not arguing with that now. What? When arguing about Ericsson, I I conceded there that I, I had a, that was my mistake. But uh, so back at the time then, so if he so back at the time with that bail money, with the options that were in front of all the side, who who should I he have gone? We get stuck on this. Who should he? Who should Levy have signed back with, with the bail money at that's the time? Not, that's not <laughs> <wrong. laughs> that is an entire pod in itself. <laughs> Go back well, yeah, if you had Heinstein, you go back in time. What I'm trying to say is basically Levy can't be held accountable for Why not? players for players not performing. Because well, not solely, it, but that, he's got... He because, can't because because if you find did Leicester pick up Kante the same summer as you got Paulinho? 
the last minute. You, you, it's, you kind, you kind of like, you kind of like turning around and saying that you know these players were obviously duds and they weren't going to be, they weren't going to be good from from clearly from the off, but they weren't, were they? They were prospects and they didn't deliver. You know, ultimately you Which can only on learn. Him. Hmm? That's on him though. It's not it just on, no, it's not. It's not solely on him. Is it? It's no, not just he's paid him. a salary. He takes the fall for those guys. And as I His said, wage, you have given him the credit had they worked out. We would have said what a genius he was. So there is, there's, you know, you've got to take the fall, haven't you, as well? I'm pretty. Didn't we have a sporting director at the time as well? well it was let's, let's not ask you. Let's not him if you did. No, you 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 had Camoli for a bit, but that didn't work. Yeah, out. yeah. So you know, ultimately, he you know, your job really, fucked us. It was just. Even even if they weren't even if they weren't so ultimately then I suppose that those individual signings weren't Mourinho's mistake, but appointing the guy who made those made the decisions to make those signings in the sport director time is. So yes, then I suppose you could say that it was Daniel Levy's lapse in judgment to appoint somebody that was gonna make the wrong decisions. But to say individually that him signing those players were the wrong moves, I think that's harsh when it's a you know it's on the players as as much as it is him because they were. <laughs> they had- he has to bring the players in for them to make to have the poor performances. It's like yeah, if you, Arsenal it, have our feel like we're going in a circus. It's as much on Arteta for picking him this weekend. It falls it falls <laughs> equally on the players as much as it, it falls equally on the players as much as it does Daniel Levy. Is what I'm yeah, trying to get. They don't sign themselves. No, but they don't. But no, they don't sign themselves. But they choose to sign for the club. Still, that's the you know they, the offers on the, it's an offer. It's not like they're bought and they don't have a say. Yeah, why in would it. they turn down the seventy grand a week to come to London and because and they think because they think that it's not going to be the right fit for them and they don't think they'll fit in that style of play or they don't think they're fit under the manager. You'll do you well know, to find a player that says that. <laughs> well, we, we do know that money talks, as we're going to probably go on to talk about next. Seamless yeah, thing mean, for that, AJ. Nice work. Well, so we need to be moved on because I was only digging myself. <laughs> with, with Jose, if we, if we if we were to say, say you had either side, then before we carry on, things he did wrong and the things he did right. How many things would you say he did right that you'd put on the one side? Would you say perhaps he's highlighted some of these guys that were going under the radar that he's now brought to the surface and shown these are the guys you need rid of? Because at least with Emery, as much as I mean, if we don't get to play that game, because I think he should be egged when he comes back to the Emirates. But he at least <laughs> showed that these players like Ertzil, Mustafi, those kind of players that they need to be got rid of. And do you think Jose has at least kind of brought some of these guys to the surface? I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe, but then it's hard to tell whether he's just alienated them because Jose's obviously <laughs> got previous of, of this where he's. Yeah. Players, you actually right. end up Luke Shaw's really a good example of that because I'm just you know, trying to see if there's any positives uh, that you uh, can take from his time. There is some There are positives. Old, so the positives are he brought Kane back into the. So Kane didn't have a great season last season. He's got a great season at Kane. It puts him right centre stage, which even if he's being sold in this window, bumps his price tag up, which is. He did positive. that despite Jose. Yeah, and then obviously he's got he's got, quite, he's got quite a lot of human he's got quite a lot of human son. Um, he's got he's got he's got Undembe, he's got Undembele playing better than he was last season. He's also as well he has got us, he, he has got us to a cup final that seems to be forgotten about here. 
You know, oh, we could still away from Yeah, Brentford in the semi. <laughs> <laughs> but it, look, final's a final. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Alex, you slagged off the FA Cup only three months ago, and now you're saying I, the Carabao Cup's a final. Sorry, I didn't slag off the FA Cup. Oh, we, we don't need to. You said Arsenal are celebrating only the FA Cup, in your words. No, that's not at all. <laughs> I, as we, as we, as we know in the past, I all I said was you won the FA Cup, which is great. And I turned around and said I would have loved, I would have killed to have won the FA Cup. And the English but Super Cup. It's not what you want, <laughs> Super Cup, but it's not what you want, and it's not where you want to be long term. So, anyway, that's a different subject. Anyway, so Alex, do you see any positives other than the cup final? Well, I said about sort of bringing Kane um, to, you know, peak of his okay, before, yeah. peak of his ability again. Uh, and the same for Human Son. I'm trying to think of individual players, which is maybe sort of helped blossom in the team. Obviously, I did mention Undumbele. Um, aside from that, I can't really think. Of 60 million pound players. player we're happy to get 45 minutes out of, by the way. I, I, yeah, I, I think maybe oh, a loose positive is that maybe having him at the club did maybe help help with the acquisition of some players like Serge uh, uh, Serge um, Regulon so you know it's nice nice good work <laughs> yeah. nailed that pronunciation we go to you Sean Sean do you any positives you can take oh, or is it no there isn't any positive the only thing <laughs> you could possibly touch on would maybe be the end on Barry point of view but then Mourinho is probably the reason why he started off so badly and it started yeah, yeah exactly Kane, Wait, your Kane and Son are world class players already. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, but he's, yeah, but ultimately, yeah, but has Kane uh, statistically this season has Kane had a better season? So is he on track to be have his best ever season? Is no. he not just reaching his prime as well? Though? Yeah, yeah. Is and then, and, and if you look at the if you look at the uh, athletic articles, it seems pretty clear that Mourinho doesn't really do any. Tactical elements <laughs> in attack. It's all about defending people. So Kane's Doesn't doing. Mind the athletic. Just watch a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kane's you know, doing this on his own. He's reaching his prime. He's a, a great player. He's obviously dropping deeper, and he's yeah. playing in Sun as is Sun. They're both great. There's no way if Mourinho goes now next season, Kane and Sun aren't going to be good players. Like that. That's not going to happen. I, I've been on better. Manager, we get more. You know, when, um, option, you know when Frank, you know when Frank got sacked and it came out that apparently like it was Alonso behind the scenes. Like Danny Rose has somehow done this beyond the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Mason brings it. Oh, it'd be sensational if Danny Rose starts left back first game back. <laughs> He's like, there you go, Dan. I got that done for you. Now, uh, what were we saying, Milan? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, no positives for me, really, in the end. I guess if he'd have still been there and we won the Carabao Cup, then that would have been the obvious one. But yeah. before we go on to the Super League, do, do you think this is the end of him now? Or do you think there's always going to be someone desperate enough, uh, as, as we've used the analogy before, that someone, I mean, that when you read, um, and I, we keep going back to it like we're getting paid by them, but this one saying about the last days of Jose in the Athletic, they say that about his pitch at the start, and they say he quite literally had Levy wrapped around his fingers saying, you can't understand, I've learned from all my mistakes, I'm a different person now. <laughs> I've matured. I don't want to go see. It. I just want one girl now to settle down with. Good talk to maybe, you could, uh, maybe you could see. I could possibly see him at like Newcastle or like somewhere like that. But would he go there? I don't do, know. Do, do you not see him in an international job? 
Yeah, also that. He said, he's, he's he said he'd like the Portugal job before, but would you would you trust their generation with him? I don't know. No, no. do, do you know what I wrote? Jack wanted him as England manager. But the funny thing is, I was just about to say, after we all could be his salvation. After all of this, I still think we win the World Cup, Mourinho. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, is you've got to look at it like this. Like, have any players the, for you. the one, the one thing that Mourinho's, the one thing that Mourinho's bad with is sustained periods of time around players. At least in an international job, he's not <laughs> a fan of all the time. <laughs> Yeah, so these small, small little brief exposures <laughs> with him, where he can just sort of grind out the odd result, and it's ultimately it's only ever going to be knockout competitions. So with the with the Mourinho, with the the the. The luck of Mourinho's draws and stuff like that. You never know. We might get another we, World Cup run like we did. He's like a dog and we've just got to keep away from strangers for the most part. Yeah. Just let him in every I, I think I think you can see him back at Syria. I, I don't think Juve or Inter are off the table. Did you see him in Germany at all? No. He's he, they the big clubs there, so they'd never have him, which I know things change in football, didn't he? But he said I could easily go to Germany. Add another trophy to my cabinet because it's that easy, basically. He, he's right, everything yeah. German teams don't want. <laughs> like, yeah. in a, personifies. Yeah, the, the, I think the, the German I, teams have an odd set of morals for one of the, one of the most treacherous teams we've seen in, in our lifetimes in Bayern Munich and their I, morals. I think, I think the international style of play would maybe suit the way his game, the, his game management has gone as well in terms of that slower more negative style of play, particularly well, particularly with England's track record with the way we end up playing. It's kind of like it's a perfect fit for him, but I don't see the way with the way the club game's gone with a lot more fluid, a, a lot more higher pace. I think well, he's a dinosaur now in that respect. And, you know, where there was that little brief flame earlier in the season of where we thought his style of play might gr- somehow grind out a Premier League title one another time. I think it's just proved that it's just not like Jack said, it's he's getting more and more negative, more and more defensive. He's going in the opposite direction to everybody else. And I think that's it now. But that would maybe, be the positive if you if you wanted one. He made Eric Dyer briefly look vaguely like a footballer. There were a couple <laughs> of months before. He looked like he may have kicked the ball before. <laughs> and then obviously he returned to form. But which you know, do you know, do you know, do you know, do you know why Luke, do you know why Byron's like over the moon with the Super League announcement? Do you know why? Well, I haven't said I think that. Reasons. Do, you, do you know why? Because Eric Dyer won't be in an England shirt ever again. <laughs> well, to be oh, fair, yeah. I think we can all unite on that one. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I say whoever gets sacked first out of uh, Conte or Perlo, um, I think you at least see Jose get an interview there. Whether he gets over the line, I think they at least strongly consider it. They interview Jose. I think. They look at him and Ronaldo. You, they look at their their track record of managers. It's not like they choose the most expressive managers in the world. No, and he can sell them a dream. Perhaps as it looks like it's not going to get be their year this year. I think they'll stick it, with Perlo, but Inter would say. take him back. Inter would take Inter, him. Inter back. to win the league. I, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, but not straight. Obviously, not straight away, but long term. You know, if it, it, I think it, I think if it's still the same, if it's still the same chairman there, he absolutely. Well, he's as bad a starstruck as uh, Daniel Levy was with uh, Jose Mourinho. Conte to Jose sounds absolutely brutal for the players. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, just before we move on, can you go back to liking Jose now? He's no longer at Spurs. Yeah. The the memory can be restored. 
hold on, hold on. I feel like when Fabregas left Chelsea, I saw him with you there. Well, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. When did Jack ever stop liking Jose? If you listen back to some of the pod episodes, he may say that he hates Jose, but nothing he nothing he says makes it sound like he actually hates Jose. <laughs> well, it's probably it's a lot easier to support love, Jose when he's not winning anything with Spurs. If he was lifting trophies, it might have been a bit different. But yeah, it was hard. <laughs> it was tough to watch with United, but it's still kind of it was nothing like the Champions League or Premier League or anything. So you can kind oh. of take it. For Alex's request, we did actually do a topic on Spurs' potential for the title only about four months ago. So we can we can rest on that. Well, you're anyway, anyway. contender. <laughs> um, we've got the Carabao Cup final this uh, weekend, so uh, either we party on Monday if City win, or. Uh, we do a big topic next Monday about how pointless the trophy is. So uh, <laughs> we'll, see how things, we'll see how things go from there. Shameless. So yesterday did see the announcement of the supposed European Super League. Um, uh, I read an article today that said European football is at war after the continent absorbed the staggering news that the sport's most famous football clubs were prepared to break away from the UEFA competitions. Now, I've got quite a lot of info here, which I'll whiz through because... What alarms me is the people I've spoken to, they don't really seem to grasp what this is. And so before we're really discussing it, it does seem pretty crucial that people know what we're talking about. So the Premier League's big six clubs have all agreed in principle to support proposals backed by Italian clubs, Juventus, AC and Inter, in addition to Madrid, Barcelona and Atletico um, to form the European Super League. The idea is to have 15 founding members who will compete every season in the competition, irrespective of their performance in their domestic league, while five places among the 20 will be made available to other teams to qualify. Uh, we don't know as of yet how those five places would be awarded. Um, the tournament, which would start in August, would feature two groups of 10, playing home and away fixtures with the top three automatically qualifying for the quarterfinals. Those who finish fourth and fifth then compete for the remaining quarterfinal places. For a two-legged knockout format is employed for the final eight ahead of a single fixture final at a neutral venue. Uh, to be clear, the clubs that have committed to the Super League do not intend to compete in the Champions League or the Europa League. Um, UEFA today has signed off their uh, format for the Champions League, um, which is changing as of 2024, and that's to eliminate the 32-team group stage and to go to a 36-team Swiss model league. Ten matches, five at home, five away, and then you break off into a uh, 16-team knockout round after something else going on in the middle, but that's not for us to do today. So what they're saying is their research shows that younger supporters want to see more games between the world's most famous clubs and players, and the clubs are responding to the trends. Um, the founding clubs will receive 3.5 billion between them. I know we were getting a bit excited last night, Jack, when we were speaking that uh, our clubs were going to get 3.5 billion to just demolish Norwich on a Sunday evening. Yeah. So that'll be shared among the 15 clubs joining. Um, this would be targeted to offsetting the losses sustained during uh, the global pandemic and to support infrastructure pl- and in- infrastructure investment plans. Um, they also argue that this isn't selfish and they have actually <laughs> pledged 
10 billion in solidarity over the next 23 years, which doesn't sound quite so nice as getting 3.5 billion up front. Um, so the paperwork's been distributed, they say at the moment. It's an agreement of principle and understanding rather than being contractually binding, but they're working with intent. See, much of the groundwork has been done through secret WhatsApp groups, which I love the idea of, <laughs> and um, Zoom calls between the billionaires. Maybe we'll guess what the group chat name is later. Uh, the New York Times reports that each club could earn around $400 million each for taking part, which would be four times the amount as the winner of last season's Champions League. Um, the project is that advanced that American investment bank JP Morgan have agreed to underwrite the league by debt financing and would take it away from future broadcast revenue. And it's worth noting that JP Morgan have a long-standing relationship with the Glazer family, who are, of course, involved. Uh, the Premier League have written to uh, all 20 Premier League teams, asking them to stay away. <laughs> Obviously, that hasn't happened. Um, so in terms of why our teams and the other teams want this, so... The same reason that major clubs in England wanted to break away from the Football League and the major clubs in Europe forced UEFA to swap the European Cup's quarterfinals for two groups of four. And that's just money, basically. Um, the big clubs have been playing this card twice a decade for half a century. And it always usually just ends in UEFA giving them a bit more of what they want. But they say this time around... There's never going to be a better opportunity for these businessmen to force through this deal and have the elite clubs. Essentially, we're looking at the teams like Arsenal, United, Spurs um, for the financial reasons, essentially saying, look, we're not good enough to qualify for this normally and compete with these guys. But we feel that we deserve to be there because of the money we bring in and just because we're traditionally a bigger side. So they want to be there by merit. Uh, sorry, by uh, default rather than uh, kind of footballing reasons. Um, the elite clubs want to sell the broadcast rights, uh, do the sponsorship deals and shape the next iteration of the competition's development. And they don't want to share. We've seen a lot of things, plenty of stories in the last day or so in terms of these players aren't going to be able to play in the World Cup. They're going to be kicked out of the league. Um, they're then going to have to go from the conference back up again. It's pretty much all nonsense. I mean, FIFA Pro have already come out and said they will take legal action against any league or UEFA if they need to that tries to block players from competing for their national teams. They say players continue to be used as assets and leverage in these negotiations. This is unacceptable. Our 64 national player associations and the 60,000 players we represent deserve better. They've also got a number of these super agents on board who have all already basically said behind the scenes, look, we can, we can get our players on board. You don't have to worry about that. So essentially, it's just one big rich boys club that they're trying to force through, at least find a way to then force through the changes they want. Um, I saw an analogy that said if you have, say, $100 million on the table and you've got the Premier League teams there, United are essentially saying, look, if we're worth 70 million of this, we should be able to take the 70 million rather than split this and be taking on the same amount as Burnley, who weren't, who bring in nowhere near the amount we do. And certainly the businessmen feel the same way. Um, 
we can give our thoughts on that now. All of our teams are involved. First question I have here for the teams uh, mentioned. Do you think it's cowardly for Bayern not to join in? I think selfishly just want to carry on flattering <laughs> those little German boys in their whole <laughs> bubble. I think, obviously, because of the way it's run, obviously it's the 50 plus one scenario, isn't it, with Bayern? Yeah. yeah. Because it's fan-owned, they, they literally can't enter into this unless the fans that part-own the club give the okay it. to it. And yeah. You won't see me complain about not having to play Bayern Munich, nor will you see Sean or Alex, I don't think, after recent matches. Yeah, and I think as well, it's rich where people are saying, oh, look at PSG, they're staying out of it too. <laughs> the owner is on the board of UEFA and the Qatari royal family and they don't want to piss FIFA off either no. because... PSG, Bayern and Ajax are thinking they could sneak in and in the back door through a trench coat like in the old films where you're trying to get to adult film at the cinema. <laughs> they just don't want their names attached to it. Let everyone else take the stick. And yeah. They'll sneak in afterwards. Yeah, 100%. Definitely will. I think it's just disgusting. I think it's, it is one of the worst things ever that you could do. That Those Champions League nights... Like as a kid, if you were lucky enough to go to one, or you're lucky enough to see a team win it, that the, the night that we won the Champions Nasty. League was the best, one of the best nights of my life, and I think most Chelsea fans would agree. And you, if you won the European Super League, what do you? Where where is the sense of achievement? You haven't qualified oh. through the leagues. You haven't gone through other qualifying you haven't gone through the knockout rounds you haven't had to beat the minnows and hope you don't slip up and then you've got to beat the good teams and then you've got the heritage behind it of what right i've got an issue with jack saying this a big issue with jack saying this i i agree with luke and i agree with luke but i i think we can I, i think if your stance on the whole you can't get relegated from it and the excitement's not going to be there i i don't think that's going to be a thing you know, let's, ten, let's, let's leave that for a minute, Alex. He he's complaining about money ruining football. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I didn't know. say I, that. I said the heritage champion. Come, come on, probably one of the main gate. Chelsea as a club is one of the main gateways for this to happen to the football, particularly in this country. They would so be considered one of these clubs without the cash. Yeah. Actually, they may have been the Spurs. Foot, football died for me when the European Cup became the Champions League. That was it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you alive then? It wasn't. Used to be winner of the league, you go in. Now it's been diluted. I saw a tweet saying football died when players started getting for taking their shirts off. Yeah. If if you're allowed to take your shirt off when you celebrate or jump into the crowd, I might be on board with that. If you ask the question, I mean, realistically. Well, I mean, I can ask a question I don't know. Um, I mean, if this does happen, are we all getting a zone description and watching it? <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, we'll all we'll all be looking forward to seeing Real Madrid against Man City in the opening game. This is I'm the not, thing. We, we're all against... I, I'm with we'd all rather I, be in it than not. So yeah, let's, no, let's I, not I'm, be too... Because this, yeah. this is what the... It's, it is mental, though, well, isn't yeah. it? How essentially backing that we will all just watch it and yeah, we will. Yeah, if that's the case, then they're absolutely right to do this then. If that is yeah. the case, if people will watch it, then... But, and it's seen that Chelsea statement that they snuck into the Athletic. It's cowardly. 
they, they, along with City, have essentially said, and Jack tried saying this to me last night, this same thing. They don't want to be a part of it. They just feel like they, they're kind of being forced into it. Oh, the, worst type, the worst type of bullets. <laughs> they don't want to be left behind. Yeah, the, only, yeah. the, the substance <clears throat> that I'll give to that is that the president and all the vice presidents of all American owners, um, apart from Florentino Perez, who's obviously the head chairman. So that's Which is like, a fact of interest, the only by the people way. people that aren't on the board, like you've got owners of Arsenal on the board. Of He's there. not on it. He's not in the board. He is. Cronkies on the board. They that wasn't in the chairman. stuff that came out. They were saying it was the Glazers. Um, there was three. I didn't see Cronkies name there. He's a vice chairman. I guarantee. Even you. better then. Let's have it. Just going back onto going back onto like the whole structure thing about Jack making the point in terms of not being not having the fear of being relegated out of it and sort of saying if it's like a structure that doesn't draw interest or or work. We know we know that this kind of structure works because of how successful the American sport is. I mean, all of the American sports are effectively like super leagues. I don't know we, because that's what we hold. That's what we hold dear that our sport is more. No, 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 no. Let's not. Let's not right, right, right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not. Let's not be silly here. There's that we don't hold that honourable, right? First of all, coming from a Chelsea fan who has been lord over spending money is ridiculous. But also, what we lord over is winning. I'm not, and I'm our not, teams I'm, play. I'm not on like, about spending money here. You, I'm, you, I'm on about the, honorable, the honor of the actual the integrity of the competition of which you're competing in. Winning, it's like the Carabao Cup. You could win the Carabao Cup, no one cares. It's like with this. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just been bought, it's just been magicked out of nowhere. The first winner of it, it's not going to mean anything for at least 25 years because no. it's just this new competition. It's like the Nations League. They made that. Uh, that would have been huge. Next season, next season, if this somehow goes ahead and Chelsea are in it and Chelsea win it, you are celebrating that win as much as you are when no, you won the no, Champions League. No chance. League. Absolutely no chance. Yeah. Yeah. He's a football purist. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I'll I, tell I, you. I I'll tell you I'm now. I'm happy here. either way. I don't no, get how I'm on my own. No, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, agreement. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement, Jack. Winning the cha- winning the final of the ESL versus the run and winning of the Champions League. Obviously, you guys don't know this, but <laughs> it means a lot more to people. Yeah, none of us know the Champions League. League that no one can get relegated. Does. No, Twice in fact. I was obviously <laughs> aiming it at you two. I'm 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 on board either way, because for on the on the one hand, well, I'll tell you now. Just got gassed over beating Slavia Prague. No one no, uh, getting into the Champions League, and now all um, of a sudden, it's not surprising. The European Super. I mean, we're three games away from being in the Champions League, so let's 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 not be too hasty there. We've um, heard it before, and we lost that final four one. Well, the refereeing decisions there and that filthy man we had in charge who <laughs> should be done for war crimes. Well, on the one hand, on, on the one hand, I I hope it doesn't happen. But on the other hand, look, we, we've tried playing fair through the years. We've tried going about doing things the right way. It's not happening. If you're going to give us 400 million, say, have a quick, have a little go into this league, we deserve to be in there. I'm all for it. 
Why give me these big games? I, I, I'm with I'm with Luke here in the respect that Ooh. like we're talking. How going to be? That doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking. We're talking like anybody who's against this is talking like there's going to be some grand reform of the footballing world where money is no longer the dominant source of drive. I don't when know, that's just no, it's never going to happen. No, so there's, there's going to be this. I'm, I'm doing. I'm talking strictly for the money. Yeah, you're you're coming completely from the wrong angle. I'm talking about the actual integrity of the competition of which you're trying to win. What, what it means to the fans, what it means to someone I mean, playing in it. There's no integrity in any of these competitions. Uh, the same UEFA that are criticising it uh, have just restructured the Champions League. The same FIFA that are criticising it have tried to make a 64 team World Cup. And have taken it to Qatar and Russia the last two times. This is exactly Let's not talk about corruption with any of these. I, I was going to say. Yeah, and yeah, that's the thing. We're talking like like all of a sudden UEFA and FIFA and the FA have all suddenly become these saints of bastions of playing football in the right way when they're about as corrupt as the guys oh, no, who were trying to start this whole thing. Alex has turned his mic up this week, hasn't he? I, I'm not alone in that. I had a cold I had a cold funnel on my head before the start of the pod to keep me cool for this one. <laughs> the thing that the thing that I, I can't stand at the moment as well is is the like the pundits and and <clears throat> people that are, yeah. that are tweeting now like uh football's nothing without fans. Like, well you've still got a job and you're still showing, aren't you? They I wanted think... to charge us fifteen quid for Burnley Sheffield. Yeah, yeah that, that is they did try and make paper view. But yeah, but then they're also, I think Tiki might have a point because of that that pay per view when they tried to pay it, and and I think Mark, part of it was because they got the pricing wrong. But then also people just weren't paying it, so that's why they stopped down. Oh, so one of us here was paying for it. Check. Oh yeah, that is true. Fresh out of surgery, bed back. Wasn't it for the Sheffield United game? Yeah, it was, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was Burnley, actually. It wasn't Sheffield. (laughs) Sorry, my... my, my, (laughs) (laughs) Watching Sheffield last season would have been more appealing than Burnley. The, the, the analogy here for Jack is literally his missus has caught him in a whorehouse and he's there trying to say, look, I'm not this guy. Okay, I'm not mate. this guy. I'm not about it. <laughs> Jack would never do something like that. Absolutely. <laughs> not on a weekend, anyway. <laughs> this, this league, I don't think anyone, anyone wants it to happen. The stuff with being kicked out of the league is nonsense because, for a start, the Premier League aren't going ahead without... Arsenal, United, Liverpool, Chelsea, City, and uh, Spurs. There's absolutely no chance they're they're doing that. There's no way that UEFA are hosting a European tournament without having the best players in the world being there. I don't it's, I don't know where they think this posture yeah. is. The issue is that UEFA are still trying to stand up like they're the ones with the power here. They yeah, aren't the ones with the it? power. And yeah. for a while now, these big clubs have realised that they're the ones in control, and it's just been a case of when are we going to rise up and show them that we've got it? And they've kind of done it in bits and bits and bits before. But now, when they've threatened it, and the, the teams that are the most to blame, and all of the all of our clubs are, have been filthy here, but this doesn't happen. Probably the two big ones without Real Madrid and United. Without mm. those two, this, this, this doesn't happen because they're the teams that the broadcasters pay the most to, to show. And... United, for one, are the team that 
cost the most for the broadcasters to do. So that, that's the issue there. But they're going to have to come to some kind of compromise. And it probably will be a, a restructure of how uh, the money is dished out. Do, do you not think it's interesting as well, though? Um, but obviously, the, the conversation that we've, that's been had in the last few years is how much more power the players have um, nowadays versus what no they used power. to have. Uh, right. And now, and what a power play by some of like, the hierarchies of some of these clubs now in terms of literally most of the players apparently like, look like they weren't even aware that this was going on. None of them were consulted. And now I find airport- that hard to believe. Well, obviously, it's not going to be the case. Everything's everybody talks. Everybody talks. We know that for you know, everybody's in a WhatsApp group chat. So you know, it's everybody talks. But it's just kind of the. It makes you wonder if this whole Super League, if it was just maybe handled a bit better, a bit differently with the introduction. There's no way they could have done it. Obviously, the the quote they gave to Sky was that the financial implications outweigh the bad publicity, and so. They're not worried yeah, at all. No, I know that. I know that. But even still, it could have, if it was handled better, if it wasn't such an abrupt, sharp way in the way that in terms of apparently an agreement was made on the new structure of the Champions League, and then out of the blue, they've been blindsided by this announcement. If it was all handled a bit differently, they might have done a better job with getting certain pundits, certain, the, the, know. you know, the, the, the media control on side. I mean, because it is literally, it's come out of nowhere. Everybody's in shock about it even though it's, it's been spoken about over the last 10, 12 years? It's the well, same as the, the lockdown measures each time here. They leak a bit to the press and then they what they reveal isn't quite as bad as what's been leaked. And they've only leaked a bit originally because they let people speculate and we all thought that it was supposed to be taken over from the leagues and it was going to be on the weekends. And then they say it's a midweek competition and it's what well, it's not as bad as it, as it mm. sounds. Well, I learned, and maybe... It could be. It seems like it's, it's gone too far to be the case, but this could all just be a power play. This could all just be the yeah. fact to, like you said, yeah, yeah. get the biggest share of the pot to get people more accommod- to accommodating with a new structure of the Champions League, which benefits a lot. That's of the horrific, teams. by the way. That doesn't even yeah. help. And you know, and that's probably what we're going to end up with, and that's going to seem like the lesser of two evils. When it, when in truth, it's it's shite, and the Champions League doesn't need changing, and I don't think much needs changing. But uh, my other thing with it, and obviously I agree with the sort of more uh, moral and ethical things that Jack spoke about. I agree with, but I'm just fundamentally not that interested in this. I, I don't really want to watch us play Real Madrid every other week or, or these teams. I just, the, the beauty of these games is they don't come along that often. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I said that we still get excited for United <clears throat> to play City and Liverpool to play City and Arsenal to play Spurs. Yeah, but it's, that's a, an already crowded market becomes saturated. I mean, I, there's only so many times you want to eat your favourite meal or listen to your favourite song do you know what I mean it's, they're great I, 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 I think it wears it, off and the glamour of it will wear off pretty quick I yeah, don't disagree I, with that no and I, I don't disagree with it either but at the same time it, it can just like it's worked like in the, if you're using the NFL for example just like it, the NFL works as a, as, a, as a structure with the way that the teams are the way that they line up against each other with who they play and when they play you can't say that that doesn't work. I mean, it's Either quite that's often. a bit funky. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, the other thing with I that is, think, that it I don't think it does work. Though. Everyone that says, comp- you like, if you compare it, it to an American regular season, that works so well, doesn't seem to watch American regular seasons because no. several sports there 
have the most boring regular seasons. And myself, TK and Sean, who, who watch several of the sports regularly, <laughs> attest to that, that you can have no interest in some of these games, apart from when the big teams are playing each other. So Yeah, and but then on on the flip side of it though, you've you've got essentially the reason for, for the basketball season and the baseball season not working out is that there's too many games. Yeah, yeah. So now we're gonna introduce more games. Is not. I don't think is the way around it. The reason. No, no. I'm, I'm saying that's why when people are saying. Like, what do you think about the comments that the, the What do you think about the comments that the clubs and the the hierarchy of this setup know that there were going to be sanctions against them, meaning that there were going to be less games played, and they are actually like secretly that's what they want to happen. The, the, the one thing that I would say to come back to the American point of is like, ring fenced. Where does it stop? Because if you're going to be giving teams 400 million to compete in this. Pretty much always going to finish in the top six. So what happens to the Champions League? Part of the fun of watching the Premier League is watching the relegation scrap, watching who's going to get top four. That was my first thought, the top four battle. Yeah, and then now it's just going to be well, who's going to win it, and then that that's going to be absolutely nothing to anyone. Well, well, I was excited for a European semi-final, which I now have no interest in because we're going to be in a a competition. I will say, yeah. Arteta did say he'd take us back to the big time in Europe. <laughs> Jose didn't manage it. Arteta, however, <laughs> if you want to if watch Arteta when he was asked at the press conference yesterday, it's about a 15 second clip and they say to him, so the news about the Super League and he goes, what? And he like, <laughs> leans into the camera like he hasn't heard it properly and they said the Super League and he goes, not heard anything about it. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so that guy, right. That guy is on the news where they were selling cocaine in these boxes. Uh, <laughs> never knew that. Yeah, it's, it's just unreal watching the clip. It's just, um, Ollie yesterday, he was like, I mean, you're asking the wrong person. I don't really know what you're on about here. Yeah, straight back. I mean, what, uh, Klopp, I mean Klopp today has said that, look, I didn't, know, I didn't know what this was. There's more people that make decisions at the club and all the managers are just going to hide behind. Look, you, if you think I made the decisions here, then... You've mm. got some. You've got bigger things to worry about. Surely, surely there is. Surely, like obviously, it's all. It, all it is being portrayed as in the media at the moment is a negative thing. But are there like? I'm not saying that there are. I'm just asking the question. You know, are there any positives to apart from taking the money side of it out? Jack had a good money, one. Money, 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 what are the positives <laughs> to this? What are the positives to this? This? You know, what are the positives? What did Jack positives? say about West Ham? I Go said. On, Jack. It, It'll be absolutely hilarious that if West Ham finally get top four in the oh, year, brutal. That the, year the Champions League ceases <laughs> to exist. Oh my God. Well, Steve messaged me earlier saying, do you know anyone that wants it? And I said, Declan Rice is buzzing to play in the Super League next <laughs> season. <laughs> but this is another thing. So, like, I know that Alex has asked for positives, but I'm going to give you another negative just in case. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't actually... I wasn't sure what your feet was on it, Jack. So exactly. I was, uh... I, I'm... Without he was buzzing last of, night when I mentioned the, the cash our team to be getting. Without, without being accused of sitting on the fence on this one. So every single player in the Premier League is going to want to play in the ESL, essentially, because the, the Champions League won't mean anything. Because the Champions League, Champions League delegates are most likely going to be, say, Everton, Aston Villa maybe, um, Leicester and West Ham. So it's not really a Champions League many people are going to tune into. So they're... Every, they're just going to cherry pick players and ring fence the Premier League as well as ring fence in the ESL. So and they'll have make... so much more money than anyone else to offer them as well. Exactly, Which... and I know that 
with that comes inflated prices. But they won't care because that's 400 million on top yeah. of what they're already bringing in. So they can go and play 200 million for someone probably <laughs> up front and not even bat an eyelid on it. Mm. Because if that this is just the money coming from this. It's not coming from advertising, shirt sponsors, things like that, where if people are watching the ESL, think how much people are going to want to pay for shirt sponsors. Like It will kill the domestic game. And we've been going in the domestic league since the 1870s. That's heritage that the NFL doesn't have. We're, we're not leaving the domestic leagues. That's that's not. Happening. No, no the, but once the, well, the it won't be of interest, it, will it? The domestic. Yeah, exactly. League. So if you don't if you don't win the prems, well, where did you finish in the ESL? Will be the it, real it, question. It, exactly. I, I will no see. Yeah, the league then be, becomes a secondary competition. Yeah, doesn't it? it becomes redundant in a way, yeah. doesn't it? That's what they yeah. want. It, it's the yes. Yeah, this is the first step of getting the teams out of the English Premier League and just fully into the ESL, mm. and that's the way this is going because it will make. The league's so pointless that if, like we said, if you don't win it, what is the point? You, you're going to ah. have players thinking can, about can, a big ESL Can I just ask coming. a question? Can I, can I just ask a question? So with the Super League, so obviously you've got the 50, is it 50, 15 founding clubs? Am I correct? Plus, yeah, yeah plus right. five more. Plus, again, plus five. And, that, and that five, is that the five that are voted in and then they stay there permanently? Or is that no. five that change each year? Right, okay. So... Obviously, you've got those 15 founding clubs, which at the moment, there doesn't seem to be any consistency with like an even spread across like different leagues and stuff like that, if that makes sense. Well, it's not. Um, it's just the biggest clubs. Uh, That's no, what I know. Point of but, but no, so moving on to that. So how do you, so you've got, it's, is it 10 confirmed clubs at the moment? Yeah? No, 12. 12. 12 and then that's not including uh, Munich, PSG and Dortmund. Dortmund. Right, so you get in it. You say, let's say, automatically. They want Leipzig they're the, in as well. They're, yeah, they're, they're the next three biggest club. Okay, throw Leipzig in there. You've got four clubs left. If you're going off the size of the clubs from a you know a business perspective, which is obviously the criteria that is be, that needs to be met here for you to get in there, because as we've already alluded to, Spurs aren't getting in on their cup victories and stuff like that. Neither are Arsenal in recent years. They're what getting do you mean? in on cup wins. Well, well, if but what I'm trying to say is if you look at the actual if you look at the business uh, if you look at the you know the the actual value of clubs and the size of them and how big they are from a commercial standpoint the next clubs on the list are English again in terms of Everton are next on the list no, the not to uh, it's not. It's not the most recent well, it's one not, it's not buying money West, West not buy Ham, money that's the West, whole point the whole yeah, point but that, is it's meant to be just the biggest clubs, just the clubs that people want to tune in and watch. No one's tuning in to watch Everton in a Super League. That's, this is literally the whole point of it is it's not by that. It's by who are the biggest clubs. When, when you talk about big clubs and you get this with some where people will still go to Arsenal over West Ham at the moment. West Ham are clearly a better side at the moment, but that's what's going to happen. Players will still go to United over Leicester. Players will still go to Spurs. Maybe not. But with most of these, that's that's the case. And this is the clubs that are getting in there. It's not just on commercial value. Yeah, but I, I'd sort of say that that, that commercial value is built is built on the fan base. Surely, it, like so, it's a reflection of it's a reflection it's of having a bigger fan base than Everton. I'm not sure. Do do they? Because yeah. I thought they. I think. 
I think Everton Sorry, were above, above. Yeah. I check check the stats on that if you can. So you think the Super League, if if these owners have a choice, they'll put Everton in over Celtic? Um, if they're smart, I think Everton are a bigger side than Celtic what? or Rangers. From a from a sorry, not a bigger side. We should a, kick you off this yeah, damn call now. No, from a from an ability perspective. Sorry, I didn't mean from a necessarily a. Cover. So that's the whole thing about this competition. So What I'm trying to say is, if, if you put Everton up against Celtic or Rangers right now, I, I and you were you know picking who's going to win the match, I pick Everton every yeah, time. That's the whole point of this competition: is it takes ability out of it. Arsenal and Spurs wouldn't be in there. Is English is everyone's like, first language English on this pod? I'm, I'm a little confused. It's like watching people having an argument about two separate things. It's not a ask if it was about which team was best, then mine and your clubs wouldn't be in it, which is the reason why they're creating another competition. Hmm. Which is to to the rest of the Prem, for example, is where you know you can see how they feel unfair. Absolutely, well, well, yeah. we've, uh, Leicester would probably have every right to feel they've earned their way in. For example, not when this was being talked about, they would have won a Premier League at a time when Liverpool hadn't, for example. Yeah, and have now obviously finished above teams in, in the top six for the last couple of years. Now. Well, we just said this is why the likes of Celtic would be in over Everton. Yeah, I don't even know how Everton are the team we're mentioning here. No, no, they're um. They are probably uh, where Spurs have benefited Everton or a club where, who have, have been unfortunate in terms of right place at right time at this way Spurs are at the minute. Because, for example, Liverpool playing Leeds tonight is a perfect example. If you'd said when the Premier League at that inception that we're going to go to a European Super League, we're going to have a big six and Leeds aren't going to be one of them, people would have probably got you sectioned. It was yeah. like, what are you talking about? They would definitely be one of the first names on that, especially when you think Man City end up in that. But... What, what do you think? About, what, what do you think? Obviously, a fundamental part, like because you've spoken about the American, like the comparison with job, the yeah. American. <laughs> uh, you've spoken about the comparison with the American side of things. Obviously, one quite vital component of the way the American set up work is the draft process. Obviously, that isn't going to no, be no, a thing. No, but, uh, but, but I'm just not, talking about the, looking. At what, what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do here is like try and see when we're talking about is, are there any positives to the Super League because we haven't really spoken about it as in the positive but sense draft, at all in terms of say you and Byron have had a good exciting, go exciting exciting new things that potentially could be on the horizon if the Super League is going to be a thing or not no that would no, never be such mention of a draft it's, 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 it's easy to for you you can go from not winning anything as it is to not winning anything when you're in the Super League as well there you go. But you can have some more money for it in the process. Yeah, but being paid more for it is essentially... And you'd also get less excitement in the league because unless you're winning the league, finishing top four or top five for Europa League doesn't even matter. Yeah. So you'll have less excitement at all times. In all terms of... You've got a diluted product. And you're for Arsenal's finish. owners, it makes the perfect sense because they run the self-sustaining model where they don't have to put money in. So a situation where exactly. more so money comes in... Yeah, yeah. I'm just, we know why it makes sense. For for example, I'm, I was just looking forward to playing Real Madrid for the first time in the Champions League in a semi final of a competition we're probably now going to be kicked out of. (laughs) But then we're going to play. They should do never back down style and you, Real Madrid and Chelsea go in the parking lot. (laughs) Just. Like, like Jake Tyler and Ryan McCarthy. Like FIFA Street when you just wander across Michael Ballack in a like five side courtyard. I will say that and once listen, this Paddy was Kenny announced, in a straightener, right? 
<laughs> Once this was announced, Jack's first thought to me was, so that means Arsenal have never won a Champions League then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that well, instinctive. It's yeah, this is, this is what I mean. He can tell you all he wants about his, his purest <laughs> business and the financial side. <laughs> you can have like Jack in an apocalypse film and just be going, well, Arsenal aren't going to win anything again, are they? <laughs> yeah. Jack is I was only saying... <laughs> I was I was joking somewhat earlier about uh, Arsenal stats. The the big thing is, and why half of these clubs are in it because I'm sure all of the clubs, probably Real Madrid aside, have their own reservations. But you'd rather be in the club and complain about the music than outside and complain about the rain. I know, yeah, but that, it just that like, is their whole. Thing, I'm quite pleased with that as well. That is, that's a good one, actually. I'll give I you do that. like that one. Yeah. I thought you nicked that off someone. No, no, I, that that was uh, that was freestyle. But Real Madrid, they value the Champions League more than they value La Liga. I mean, I mean their their fans can't be happy because bearing in mind their their history in that tournament, it can't be. Yeah, that's I just mean, being spoilt. Yeah, yeah, true. They just had enough. I know. Yeah, we're bored of this one. We need a new trophy. Like, kind of what Jack said though, that with the precedent set with English football, how long it is. I think that is why this this kind of it's a false comparison with the American model because they are fundamentally different. So this kind of need to try and Americanize everything, you kind of got to accept these things aren't going to fit. We're kind of we're trying to put square pegs into round holes. Yeah, people forget as well that I know that they have the college system and that's where the draft is born out of. But we have the lower league system of so many teams that can rise through the ranks. Look at Bournemouth where they rose through the ranks. They're in League Two, ends up in the Premiership, mixing it with the big mm. boys. You've got stories like that. You've got relegations. You've got promotions. But then they'll get into a league where, unless you finish top, nothing else matters other than yeah, sure. not being relegated. So, and not only that as well, if, say, Doomsday scenario, it probably won't happen. But say the FA follow through with what they promised, which is kicking these six clubs out of the Premier League, then the money trickled down to grassroots footballers throughout the whole tiers from the money generated from the Premier League will just be completely a non-event. Try, try That's why they TV. snuck that thing in, isn't it, where they claim that they're going to put all the money. Well, we did. We had, we had like four or five months ago when there was that Project Big Picture and Liverpool were involved in that as well, by the way. <laughs> but they said, what you've got to understand is we've got this big pot of money that we're really going to chuck further down to all the lower leagues. And so you say this is a bit of a sweetener. Well, that was their that was their warning, wasn't it? it was yeah, essentially what, look, this is look, this is on the horizon, so you best take our project big picture. What we're going to about it. This is partly what prompted this. What might be worrying is that essentially we've got a battle now between two sides where it's just an ego trip, and they're relying on one of them backing down. You ever seen those videos in America where? It's literally two cars on like a one-way road that have come the same way. Yes. And they're there for hours because they just refuse to get out of each other's way and to be the one. <laughs> we may be in this, and it's going to be interesting because, as we said, we've got European semi-finals that, for once, um, almost all of us are, in, are involved, in English clubs-wise, are involved in. So it's, it hurts us more than most ironic, because... As much as it looks unlikely that the way we've been playing, the thought of we could be three games away from being back in the Champions League is something that's exciting. And that, as Jack referenced, the first thing I thought about was through this was it takes away from when you're not 
the number one in the league actually having something to play for still. Mm. I had a little dream of being at my desk the other day and us us finally getting through and just being able to sit and just play the Champions League music. I did get over my eyes. (laughs) It's like, like I said, we've got a Real Madrid team that could be beaten by us. So say it happens, we then go into a final, which anything can happen in a final. We are three games away from potentially winning the Champions League again, which means more to most fans winning a, a trophy like that, or the prospect of winning a trophy like that, means so much more to your everyday fan who gets through their working week, looks at the Sky Sports out to see what the fixtures are, and just counting down the days to that Champions League fixture under the lights. And then you're going to take all of that away for... Let's not. We I might finished. be all for this league just to stop you winning the Champions League. By but, the way, yeah. <laughs> but well, if you look at it as well, we haven't. What we haven't even mentioned is that during a period where travel outside of Britain is going to be its most difficult and probably its most expensive, as travel companies are trying to recoup their losses, and they'll see dollar signs like that when they, they see. They do it anyway. Whenever there's a European match, more European matches, then you're going to ask these teams to travel outside to Europe almost twice as much as they were before. Yeah, at least you'll have some nicer places to go there. um, We have Baku for the Europa League, don't forget. And the UEFA are talking about corruption. Members of the squad couldn't go for safety. I mean, this is is how bad this is. Mkhitaryan was no less. UEFA and FIFA coming out it's the shining knights here. This is how bad this league is. It's... The biggest worry has been when once they once you saw the thing saying, well, they might not be a FIFA if this is the case. It was like, oh, this just got very real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, Sean, sorry. I was going to say one positive from a uh, <clears throat> Spurs aspect would be if, if Bayern actually don't go in it, then Nagelsmann's going to want to manage a Super League club, so we might be able to get him in. Okay. Um. Always looking for what, what, you, boys. Arteta's big six record. That's with a bit more money. We're winning it all, baby. <laughs> with ten yeah. percent possession. Do you think any? Do you think any of the clubs that have uh, have named so far pull out at the last minute and like go, well, hey, we're the last. <laughs> the, the, no, no, you've done the hard bit. <laughs> Sevilla have come out just and said, by the way, we won't be entering. Cheers. <laughs> you were last. That feel like, Did you see like a load of like? Lower league clubs were doing that as like a joke. It was kind of the first one or two was funny. It's like, okay, there's 14 of them now. Like, this isn't quite as funny. But Sevilla, just on that balance where they could have been, but they clearly aren't, haven't been invited. So no, no, we won't do it morally. Domino's Pizza put a thing out saying like a pizza uh, called Greed, Toppings, Arsenal, Spurs. Yeah. And I saw someone say, you charge 20 quid for a pizza that cost yeah, you a quid yeah. to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, uh, the only thing I will say is, well, the... You know, we talk about the other thing. I do think it's slightly short-sighted from some of the English clubs. I guess I can see how it would be appealing to Spurs and Arsenal in current circumstances. Yeah, but sure. I do think it's a little bit short-sighted with some of the English clubs, where the money we get, albeit maybe they're not happy how equally it's split in the Prem, but the Prem is making so much more money compared to the league in Syria. Our advantage is obtained from the fact that they're not earning a lot of money, we are. Now we're going to be sacrificing that because suddenly Madrid and Barca, who've got financial problems that are very well documented, Juve, who have got problems where they've been trying to get rid of Ronaldo as long as they were trying to get him because of the money issue. And Spurs, for example, would be making a roster of their own back where, okay, you have this money. I would pick them in a 
potentially in games at the minute against the likes of the Milan clubs and Juve. Stick them on an even keel, Spurs are going to get blown out the water by clubs like that. Because yeah. the history they've got and the infrastructure they've got in place, give them the same money as we've got. We'll soon go back to how it was in the 90s and early noughties where they're dicking us. So it's, you know, you've got to go careful the poison you pick it. Would you take this sacrifice to see uh, AC back at it? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, again, we really are going on history of club for getting in the Super League. I the think they finished like... above sixth in the last seven years of the Yeah. In a it, shit I... Serie A. They were being spoken about winning it for well, the Spurs, weren't they? They were topping like November. Mm. I agree yeah, with... This is like, their best season in a while. I'm not saying something. Yeah, I would agree with Turkey in the way we said it was like very short sighted by the British clubs because you can't say that the current sort of the way that things are run at the moment you can't say it's like a continue continually growing platform. I mean they're making more and more money out of it. We've never had it so good yeah. in terms of yeah, yeah, it's, and it's growing, it's growing all yeah. the time. You know, so, so it's not as if like things are taken downturn. I mean, oh, like without without a shadow of a doubt, like we said earlier. It is extre- it's extremely decisive timing because of the ramifications of the pandemic and that sudden panic. Like it's almost like the you know the hierarchies of the clubs have got that little bit of panic on them with regards to the financial implications. I mean, without a shadow of doubt, as rich as all these clubs are, there's still a lot of debt flying around. So it's you know it's how you're going to fund these next transfer windows and like you said, it's you know it's, well, we know how to fund them now. Yeah, yeah. You can't so. offer Arsenal and Spurs a chance to get back into Europe where they're not going to be there and wonder why they take it, wonder why the proposal's being put out there in the first place, because for all their moral posturing, if, if Arsenal don't take it, then the next club up are going to, and if Spurs don't take it, the next club up are going to. So, what, what and, the, and the problem is that's a never-ending cycle, isn't it? Because each, exactly. Each so, club has created a thing where they say, well, they're going to do it, so we better do it. And there's well, that's no, why everyone's you know, got the gun pointing at each other. And what the likes of Bayern and PSG can rely on, if they want to be in it, then the space is there for them. Arsenal and Spurs, the way they are at the moment, you say no now, that invitation might not be coming back around. Yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah. and, and so far from the you know, brief sample we've seen, everyone's been dead against it, but the only even slightly receptive fans I've seen have been Arsenal and Spurs as it stands. Which, like you said, I can see My timeline today today was carnage. It. I've seen people yeah. spending the 300 million. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Grealish photoshops more today than ever before. <laughs> what um, what I, I haven't really seen too much. I, I know Bruno Fernandes kind of alluded to that he was against it, but has there been much he, in the way of actually? He shared so someone else's story from a Wolves player. Yeah. I'm not giving him has credit there, for that. Has there been anybody else? getting credit in Fenerbahce. See, obviously we've had the statement from ex-players and we've had the statement from Klopp so far, but has like anybody else really come out, like who's in the game at the moment, players, managers, well, come out? because of the first of players. I'm not surprised you're yeah. trying to duck out of all big games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still not got a goal or assist in Turkey, by the way. Still not got a goal or assist in Turkey. Klopp said... Um, uh, it's not him that makes the decisions, but he, do, he does like the idea of seeing a team like West Ham be able to play in the Champions League. Uh, okay. Every manager is going to hide behind. It's not me making the decisions, and no one's. Going I to guess he'll come probably out. get asked about it again after the game tonight, won't he? And then probably have to show <laughs> panic again. That one, and Rory does deserve the shame here for seeing one of these fake quotes 
until <laughs> Klopp's ever going to say, I demand a face-to-face with John Henry. <laughs> <laughs> also, referred to, him, referred to him as John. Like they're on the first name terms. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I such a cop out as well to say, look, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I'm seeing on Twitter. <laughs> oh, who else? I think it was Harmer asked him in the group, is that true? He, probably not. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Shambles, but I mean, I'm sure this will carry on next week, so we'll still have more to say about it then. And we still, stu- we still do have the pound for pound great to talk about, so and then we'll let TK get to uh, Leeds-Liverpool. So, unless any of you watched Jake Paul, uh, Ben Askren, then uh, we'll bid you farewell. Yeah, I'm not, see you later, boys. Like... Nobody wants to admit to that. Farewell. There's, there's, no film, there's no film questions this week, are there? You've, you've not seen True, True Romance, have you? No, can't say I don't want to ask you. Oh, never mind. All right. Here's Joe. Bye. Ask Grenin too. It's already finished with you. <laughs> See you later. Uh... Oh, I can't leave. <laughs> it's like every yeah. new run on it. Just... Can't get off the call. Crikey me. I don't know what AJ did to his mic today. Jeez Louise. Turn them settings up. He wanted people to go to war with him, talking over the top. Yeah, anyway, he's taking no prisoners. <laughs> Jake Paul on Triller, the biggest story of the week. Um, <laughs> so I, I was reading a couple of articles about this on my lunch break today, and the first one said, um, no sentence describes this better than at uh, 12.30 a.m. Eastern time, which was about 5.30 a.m. for us. Snoop Dogg asked, is that a motherfucking robot? Um, <laughs> as Jake Paul made his way to the ring um, so they say was this a boxing event yes and no there were some boxing matches some of them even included boxes but uh, saying you bought this event for the boxing would be like an ancient Roman saying you went to see the lions in the Colosseum because he's an animal lover um, <laughs> just had a message from Alex already <laughs> what's he said he said, uh, sorry, I got a bit carried away this evening. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I like that passion. Um, so th- this was essentially what we signed up for going in. Like, um, We didn't go in thinking it was going to be like, a serious boxing pay-per-view. It-, it was pure spectacle. Big loud and as ridiculous as, as as it looked going in that was that was the sales pitch they never asked they never said there was going to be a mouthful display <laughs> to sweet science um they just promised Ask- entertainment Askren's tweet on the night didn't it, it says people like f- fights in a circus zone doesn't it he said that the night before and then he tweeted like yeah man this really is a circus act. <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine being he's probably looking around like what the hell is going on but yeah it, it really was wasn't it you imagine it being Snoop seeing that robot? He probably did think he was tripping balls. He probably didn't know whether it was legit or not. Look, there's no way Triller made a profit on this event. I mean, you don't need to be like a, an accountant to add up Bieber, the Black Keys, who I swear had like a 45-minute set. It never ended. And I had it on mute. But I looked down <laughs> and every time it was just still going. Um Doja Cat, Sweetie, all these people. Beaver, who just when you thought finally the main event's coming, typically I did drift off just as the main event 
I was about to start, <laughs> woke up kind of just in time. Um, I do think it's refreshing to see a fight promoter embrace the idea that people should get a show in exchange for their money, just not to this extent. Like they you used to get, oh yeah, on the MTV shows and things like that, where you would have some kind of event and then it would be featuring a live performance from such and such in like the Super Bowl. It's essentially what they tried doing, but it's quite commonplace in Germany, for example, isn't it? I know we've yeah. seen a couple of shows where, you know, like a Jürgen Bremer show, for example, yeah. and then you'll have like a, a metal band on just before he comes on. You think this is all a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> this was, but this is obviously a more high profile version. I know David Hayes come back once on Dave kind of had something, didn't yeah. they? But it looked obviously very low budget in comparison. That ultimate boxer tries it. It's like, it's in this type of event as well. Where, like you said, we know what we're getting. There is a market for it, but it's just, it kind of felt like there was some boxing in amongst a concert rather than well, the other yeah, one. Yeah, I saw a tweet saying uh, the draw for this event wasn't boxing. The draw was fame. Um, it was seeing all these celebrities around each other. It kind of the is, most, isn't it? The most annoying was whoever was holding a sign up to the side of the ring. Like They thought that was really hilarious. Um, at times, it did come off as a mess. I mean, Pete Davidson came in and, I mean, it transpires. He doesn't quite like Jake Paul very much, which he made clear later on, although he was slagging <laughs> off Ben Askren during the first interview. I mean, he, he waltzes in and during the live broadcast asks him, how oh, so about that rape charge? I, um, unbelievable. <laughs> and Jake he Paul's like, I don't think this is the time for us to be talking about that. And then they tried, and then he gave it like the, he was an all yellow and he's like, what's your favourite colour? Jake Paul's like, oh, do you want to guess on three? And he was like, well, it looks like it's yellow. And he's like, no, it's blue. And then it was just really flat. <laughs> yeah, hideous. With Jack it? Harlow kind of stood awkwardly around. Um, it's also, it was like an intentional mess, basically. I mean, the one, Pete Davidson going into Ben Askren's one where he was like, Look, none of us really like Jake. He's like, well, I mean, he's, he's, he's an asshole. I mean, he's a bad example. <laughs> like, we could be here all night on a whole nother pay-per-view. <laughs> Yeah, I did feel a bit good. dirty kind of warming to Pete Davidson at any point. Yeah, yeah. Because I kind I'm of the, set I, my stance there. I felt dirty about the whole thing. I thought, honestly, honestly, you could have caught... It was one of those ones, the classic thing of, I'd have probably put porn on to cover up the fact <laughs> I was watching this. It simply caught me. On a side note, that King of Staten Island film, which I think we came on one of the pods and said it looked like one of the worst films ever made, it's actually supposed to be really good. Yeah. Like from a critical standpoint, as well as just a this is funny standpoint. I've not seen it, but it is genuinely meant to be very good. It's got my guy Bill Burr in, but I know he's not exactly going to be the one carrying the film, presumably it is Pete. No. And my issue with it is, and this is not meant to sound unsympathetic, but does it essentially centre on the fact that his dad died? And I think I, I yeah, want to be keeping you get it light. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need, you know... To have it's sort of a life explained to me because of that. I think keep it like yeah. that. I don't need to. So they say this felt like um, going to the circus where anytime the tent might collapse and the elephants might stampede, only we got to watch from a safe distance. Um, the only person it wasn't safe for really was Ben Askren. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Did you get to see the Joe Fournier fight? Because that was as yeah, bad that, as anything else. I think that might have been the worst fight I've ever seen just because he won it and he looked dreadful. And obviously the guy, I mean, you could have literally pulled that guy in off the street. I mean, he looked like he didn't want to be there. How, how's he people, like, 
they were saying he's a billionaire. Like that very quickly went up. Like he used to call himself the millionaire. With, I don't know how rich what, he actually Ford? is. Yeah. They were calling him a billionaire on commentary. Yeah, I think they were getting carried away then. Like they kept saying this guy and how great he is. And it did seem like they were trying to set up that as the next fight. But we don't really know how good Joe Fournier is to know whether that... Um, I mean, he looked gash in that. But he could yeah. have just been on, on the piss maybe before or something. Because... Well, did you hear even on, on comms when that guy was getting in the ring like Ray Combs? Yeah. They were like, uh, yeah, I've been talking to him this week. He doesn't seem to realise he's in a fight. <laughs> so, well, yeah. that's somewhat concerning. Well, they said um, uh, he has been training down at Wildcard for a month now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you had Ric Flair, who is a gun for hire at this point, like to the point like I've never seen anything like it. He is everywhere and he will do anything. My eyes had to adjust to it at first. Is that that Ric Flair? The reddest bloke you'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. Get him and Alan Brazil in the same room. Just <laughs> see which one explodes first. I thoroughly enjoyed the slap fight. <laughs> Especially yeah, we need more of that. Pete Davidson when he was like, I don't want to be anywhere near you. Like You, you just look like a terrifying individual when he was asking to be hit harder. I said, don't flinch, baby. Don't flinch, baby. <laughs> it is a shame you set your, st- set your stall on Pete Davidson. He is, he is funny in parts. Uh, no, he is a, he is a funny guy. I think um, a lot of it's resent. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we're all in that boat, aren't we? I think there is some serious resentment we've all got towards him for uh, he rebounded his CV. From Ariana Grande with Kate Beckinsale, and by all reports, was the guy to break it off because he wasn't happy. So you've you've got to respect. <laughs> um, ben Askren, then seventy seconds in. I mean, the Frank Murr fight was pretty uneventful. Actually, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Oscar De La Hoya. I was about to say, are we going to mention Oscar off his box? Yeah, Oscar comes in around the time of um, that fight. Uh, I mean, his fight is going to be on Triller. I think they said July third. He tried doing this bad man thing where he was like, "I'm going to fight the baddest motherfucker that's out there. I'm going to do all this that." Um, and quite literally, it seems that Snoop was just rolling them all joints out the back. <laughs> and they all came on, including Al Bernstein, as high as a kite. And no more so than Oscar. I think it coincided with the coke that he'd almost certainly been sniffing right before that. So he was in the clouds and, and, and some more. Kept going on about the USSR because of seeing USS on the back of Cunningham's shorts. And oh. I think it was Mario Lopez at, at one point screaming out, the USSR doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and Oscar didn't really grasp what was happening. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was. He just kept oh. saying, he kept going, the USSR, baby, the USS, oh. baby. <laughs> and then, um, did you see this fight, like the commentary or not? Because I don't know if I'm just kind of repeating things to you, but... Um, they said, uh, does, does, does Frank Murr kind of stand a chance in this one? And he went, of course he does. He said, Steve Cunningham has no chin. He's got no chin. That's why he's in here. And they were saying, come on, this guy knocked, this guy knocked down Tyson Fury. And he was like, he said, I could knock both these guys out right now. I could do it right now. <laughs> 
Oh, what's going God. on? And he, he was like, you've got to understand. I'll take down the USSR, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hilarious with Oscar, but it is obviously also kind of sad and a bit depressing because he kept, he's talking about getting back in there and he's clearly just up to his old tricks. He kept fake smoking a blunt as well. Going, Snoop, did. this is some good stuff, Snoop. <laughs> God's sake. And tapping Al Bernstein, who just looked like he had no clue what on earth was going He's on. He's probably, I mean, Al Bernstein's called some of the biggest fighters ever. He's probably thinking, how have I ended up here? What's happened? <laughs> well, right after the main event, he was cheersing with them all, saying, like, look, they've never given me a cocktail on commentary before. What can I say? <laughs> he said, uh, Snoop was like, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't want any of you harassing me after this. I've got a green room out back just for me and my boy Al. <laughs> and I, I was like, okay, I'm with it, I'm with it. And Snoop was telling me, he's like, you don't understand what a legend you're in the presence of here. You don't understand about this man. And he's like, this man has stories that you could never even dream of. Oh, Snoop is just great value, isn't he? I mean, I mean we then get to Askren. Um, walks out like he's just walking walking out into just the bar by his house or whatever <laughs> less than two minutes and he's dropped by a hard right hand by uh jake paul the uh, pound for pound king gets up um kind of fell into the ropes and then wobbled forwards and it, if it was a normal box we would say early stoppage and it, it was an early stoppage but not to the point where it's like Oh, hang on, there's something up here. He asked him to walk forward, he walked sideways, and he yeah. tried speaking to him and he was slurring his words like, the people saying that the fight was fixed, I want you to try and fall on your own head. Your instincts will kick yeah. in yeah. and you will stop yourself. Uh, Liverpool are 1-0 up, by the way. Um, Mane. Um, yeah, he, you, you won't be able to do it. Like no, it was my no, no. toughest thing when I briefly did jujitsu <laughs> because in the warm up it was try and like fall flat back and I can't do it without putting my arms up to stop myself. <laughs> and so try falling on your head on a hard canvas or just let someone punch you in the head and see how you fall. No, but it, but it is though, isn't it? I remember, I think you may have liked to retweet the tweet where I said, I saw someone say, whenever there's a big fight like that where you have people who watch one fight a year, they'll always call the fix yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Well, people saying it about Floyd against Tension where he just battered that Mitch yeah. around the <laughs> yeah. ring for like two guy. minutes, made him cry. I was going to say he was crying. The biggest star they have and then said it's a fix. Like, who does that make sense for? No. No, exactly. If, 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 uh, when it's a draw, I kind of at least understand why people would yeah. even have the suspicion. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it's like it's an exhibition. This was like a regulated boxing match against a guy who can't strike. Like even his footwork was just weird. He he he, he squared up. He he was overreacting to every kind of feint. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the easiest 500 grand he'll ever make in his life. He was punched in the head once. He didn't have to take any sustained damage. He went out in a flash. As people were saying, oh, well, how come Robbie Lawler did that to him? 
Lawler knocked him out, woke him back up, and did the same several times. Yeah, it, the difference being in that fight, he can do the thing he's actually good at. I wrestled yeah. him in this one, he, that, he, that wasn't an option. So that was the only aspect of it where you'd say um, things were a little bit untoward, where, whereby going into the fight, he essentially said he doesn't care if he wins or loses. He wants to win, but he doesn't really yeah. care if he loses. And then obviously you get knocked out in the first round and you're walking backstage with a smile on your face. Now, I don't have any issue with that because this event was what it was. Yeah. But if you were going into this with some huge hope that Askren was going to deliver for you and you were hoping for a classic and a, a Hagler or something, <laughs> then maybe you would be disappointed with that. And maybe that's yeah. what... Maybe I was going to open a hay and belly or hugging. Yeah, yeah, for example. And that was supposed to be a competitive box match. So you've got the right to do it. I do think with this... Don't be so naive, I would say, would be my... I saw someone put a picture of Askren on the scales. I'm like, yeah, hard to believe this is a guy who was going to go out and get knocked out and just take his pay. I was in Bellew talking about a cash grab today, the same bloke who signed back up. And to be fair, we contributed to that, to face a one-legged David A on pay-per-view. We didn't know he was one-legged at the time. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the second time around, we did. We're suckers for punishment, aren't we? Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, cash grab... Uh, a lot of it's, it's easy to say to complain about cash grabs when the cash isn't going into your pocket is the, 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 the only point well, I was making there. Yeah, and especially bearing in mind, I don't think I've seen a fighter who hasn't basically actively said they would like to fight Jake Paul because they all know no. they will take this money. So it's now so, it's just going to be a cue to fight him anyway. Part of the narrative was um, Snoop Dogg kept saying about the two million bet. I saw an interview with Dana weeks ago and he was like, there was the interview where he was like, oh, look, I'd have a million on this with you. The guy's not a fighter. And then when they asked him about it, he was like, if I was going to put a million on Ben Askren, why would I do it at even money when I can get about three to one in Vegas? Like, <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what Snoop was on about there, but I guess it, it sold well because he has the beef with uh, Jake Paul as well. Um Askren did say several times beforehand, he was like, I don't want to be MMA's representative in this fight. But at the same time, it wasn't really up to him. Like, he's an MMA fighter. He's got the billing of that. He's in this situation because he's an MMA fighter. People who even hated him his whole career got behind him because they want him to beat this YouTuber. Um, as obnoxious as Jake Paul is and whatever you think about him, the thing about him just being a YouTuber does need to stop because he clearly has at least some level yeah, of yeah. talent, some level of ability. Like we've seen these YouTube guys before. We've seen the likes of Ricky Gervais get in there. We've seen all sorts. <laughs> this isn't like a new yeah. thing. No. But very few of them that we can remember have actually known how to throw a punch. And the shots that we've seen in the last two fights in under two minutes, Jake Paul is rendered two guys briefly unconscious in the Nate Robinson one that was bad and <laughs> this one so he clearly hits hard enough and yeah. he is beating it he is living the dream like if you had the money he had or you had the backing he has to be paid to beat up people that to knock out people that you don't like and that you know you can knock out I would I wouldn't blame anyone that had an ego in that situation. Like if you made me think of say a top fifty people that I don't like, and you just clutch two people off that list, 
and you gave me enough training because a lot of this is the money. A lot of these guys don't aren't able to dedicate five, six days a week to train and to diet correctly to get themselves in shape for this, as we saw on the scale with these two. Mm. Um, to be paid a fortune to do that, like there, there must be few greater feelings. No, no, for sure. I don't. I don't think you can blame him. I think he's making hay while the sun shines, isn't he? He's just. Like I said, he's doing what people have tried to do before, but he's actually got some ability to do it. As much as this was a short-lived thing, I do think this was the clearest indication of what he can do in terms of, like I said, as much as Askram was overreacting to every faint, the fact that he's got faints is yeah. kind of a step above most people who are who are just having a go at this. And then he was taking nice shots to the body, which is generally a sign of a, a high-level fighter that he's able to mix it up to head and body, knowing he's, how that's going to produce openings. He's doing like a jab to the body, which is generally seen as a high skill thing. So he's sparring with... As, um, again, what was up him wasn't brilliant. He does show... Chez-Léon Love and um, Jean-Pascal, which... Um, if you look at um, Logan Paul and if you look at KSI and you look at these guys, um, they essentially have guys in who are of a lesser level than them. And when you look at the Eubank Jr. sparring videos, especially before he hit the big time, even still when he was in the big time. They were essentially paying guys to get in there and just take a beating from them so they could film it on it. He does seem to be taking it serious. And for all the things we hear about boxing changed my life and all these tropes, I don't see it that hard to believe that a guy who, he did give those kind of tropes afterwards, like, look, I was bullied in school, I was told I'd never be anything. Um, so for it to be that hard to believe that he's fallen in love with the sport of boxing isn't that difficult for me, especially when he seems absolutely like the kind of guy where as soon as he's realised he's good at it, that's only going to spur him on to want to do it more. And if so you get paid five and 500 grand a time... I did actually get booted so? from the call as you were talking, then, but I, I oh. come back in whilst you were going, so it's fine. I picked up where you left off, it's fine. I got you. Yeah, I was saying that um, it's not no. that hard to believe that he could fall it's in love only with because boxing. Of his- it's only because of his background, isn't it? Because of the whole Disney thing. It's very hard in people's minds for them to sort of balance the two. I don't think he, he's not even a Disney guy. He's um, His brother's basically one of those YouTubers who was in that clique with Justin Bieber and all of that. So his brother really came to fame because he filmed that suicide forest in Japan. Um, he, like He's not yeah, a Disney yeah, guy he, or anything. He literally is just a YouTuber. I think he did... In in the build up to this, Jake Paul said he'd been on Disney. Um, like I said, I, I I certainly don't know anything about him. Like you said, I only know him basically his brother via the KSI fight, getting some views, and then I learned about obviously the the okay, yeah. Sorry, no, you you, you I stand I stand corrected. No, you're absolutely spot on. Yeah, um, I, I didn't played the role of either. Dirk Mann on the Disney Channel series Bizardvar two seasons. <laughs> That sounds like a show where they were really struggling for ideas. Net worth twelve million, total views six point nine eight billion. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, uh, I think that sort of background, even if it wasn't that specifically, and the YouTube thing is seems a little soft in people's minds. I think the idea that he could be a scrapper alongside that is, I think, just seems to be just too much for people to get their heads around. Yeah, they fired him in twenty seventeen, and then he he just went to YouTube and Vine. Things were tough. And I mean, his brother certainly helped, but he's almost more well known than his brother now. So, well, he is, he's kind of his brother's the perfect 
sort of gateway, isn't he? Because he's kind of got a bit of this about him, but there's a lot more clean cut. Seems like a nicer guy, frankly. And Jake can kind of go on and be the villain off the back of that, and it kind it yeah. kind of works. I my only really my only thing with him is that I've got as you said, I've got no real problem with what he's doing. I wish he's, he was just a bit more like. <laughs> yeah. The problem is he doesn't have any sort of redeeming qualities. If he had something where I thought this guy's real funny or this guy's charismatic, there's something about him where I think I can get on board with this guy. I don't need much encouraging to get on board with the heel. <laughs> I generally do prefer the heel. But there's just something about him I do find fundamentally dislikable. If he does this as someone who does have hands, I do think I can probably get on board a lot more though. I do think at some we are reaching the point where he is going to have to go in with a live one, aren't we? Well, he he's ranked so I, there's there's one thousand one hundred cruiserweights listed on BoxRec. Um, he's six hundred ninety on that list. <laughs> That's not how I go with. So, I I think the thing for me is he's not done it to anyone that I particularly like. So I've been able to get on board with it. Anyone that kind of trash talks McGregor, considering the fact that he's able to dish it out. I really have no issue when he gets a slice back. Um, and I think he's smart in angling towards McGregor for yes, yes. the boxing match. For sure. Because, I mean, pe- people say it's ridiculous. I mean, I wouldn't even rule him out in, in that fight. I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be backing the, guy, the boy JP if that fight happens. I think in making a living of beating up half-decent MMA fighters is an easy way to make money. And until people stop watching it... This, this is what I was going to say, is that ultimately, if people are going to do this, if people are stupid enough to, to buy it, for example, say, for example, if he says next, I'll have Dylan Dennis, people are going to cough up the money for it. Well, Dylan Dennis said they weren't paying him enough. And I refuse to believe they paid Askren more than they were offering him. So they offered Dylan Dennis, in that case, at least half a million for a guy with two pro fights and is known for being Conor McGregor's backup dancer. Mm. That looks like a guy who's trying to sell out. And he tweeted straight after, like, I'll be the guy to knock this guy out. So you you could have been. You? <laughs> you, you could have been this guy who was in there, but you didn't. So that's he's, a... he's considerably smaller as well. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing with, you know, he's generally the people he picks out generally are smaller than him. And there is an asterisk next to him, like wrestler, recent retired, hip surgery and stuff with Askren, for example. That That is, I guess, part of it as well. Is he does look a little bit... I know Askren said he was a bully. He kind of looks a little bit like it until he does sort of line someone up who's even just a little bit more level, really, with him. I'm trying to see what weight Dennis actually fights at. This cat's going mental outside my door. Yeah. You can Isn't he that. 170? Am I right in thinking that? He's a, yeah, he's a middleweight. Yeah. So he's, yeah, again, significantly bigger than him. Six foot. Um, he thought I'd catch weight his last fight as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that, would, that would look messy. Um, mm. And Danis probably would sell the fight better than Askren as well because he's going to be more of a. <laughs> He's, he's going to dish it back out in a different way. Like, yeah, well, the Ben Askren one works for us, but it doesn't really work for a lot of people because it's just like... Well, like, it, but, to be honest, it, it kind of went a little bit over Jake Paul's head. 
there was nothing that Jake Paul could say back. It, no, that, that's what I mean. You look like Napoleon Dynamite, and it was like, what? Yeah, I, I don't want to be patronising, but it was kind of intellectually above him. He he couldn't really fathom it, whereas him and Dylan Vanis will just be, you know, kind yeah. of as, as stupid sort of lines back and forth as you can. Both of them trying to be Conor McGregor whilst not beating, but it will work because they'll bounce off each other. So, I mean, I don't I, I don't know who they're talking about for his next opponent. I know I saw the thing. Well, they spoke about Fournier on the broadcast, but. Uh... I know Tommy Fury got mentioned a lot in the after, um, in the, the, these last couple of days afterwards. Yeah, no uh, one's stock has actually risen more than Michael Hunter in this. Michael Hunter is in the back right? of every yeah. video. He's used it well, hasn't he? Um, which I, I don't. I think it's always good when these fighters see the opportunity and rather than just trash it because they don't know it, just see the opportunity and just get on board. I mean, especially in his shoes because he's really yeah. is a kind of potentially forgot a man in the heavyweight division so he needs to do something yeah but the less BJ Flores the better though um, oh, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you saw the interview Askren did um, like the media scrum afterwards where he said like oh it's embarrassing I didn't let the MMA community down I let the world down people hate Jake Paul and they wanted to see me make him miserable and I didn't do that <laughs> um, his, his legacy and reputation is taking a hit I don't think he cares one bit um, after you've been kneed in the face like that and you've already seen that meme having this happen isn't really too different although I, I do suspect he didn't see it ending this way I sense he thought that maybe he would lose but it wouldn't be like a memeable kind of one like we did end up getting with him just falling head first No I, I don't think he did think that I think he thought Jake would be pretty useless and they'd you know, both be useless, but he'd just have a bit more down the stretch. I think he probably genuinely did think that, which I took down this paragraph and it says, uh, and us the view in public, what did we end up with? Before the fight, I predicted a sense of shame, but it's not that exactly. These events, once they're over, leave you feeling just a little unclean. It's partially the feeling that you got played. You paid good money for this. Also, that someone gave you exactly what you wanted, and in the process, made you look directly at some of your less noble desires. That is exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'd have been disappointed if we tuned in and you had it. I did once link uh, two girls, one cup to these sort of things, didn't they? Don't know who did it, but you did. If you tuned in and saw a serious broadcast, you'd be like, "What? What is the point of this?" Which is what they tried doing for uh, the first time around, where you had. Adam Smith and Macklin sat ringside with just one YouTuber doing the KSI Logan Paul one. Yeah, yeah, they missed all that. Didn't they? Do really? anything just to put his face in the middle of it. But we will get another Jake Paul fight. It, it probably won't be someone much better. Wouldn't be surprised with the Tommy Fury thing. But if if I'm if I'm Jake Paul. That doesn't make too much sense to me when there's other no. guys I can knock out for the same. I at least wait to see how good Tommy Fury is. Because yeah. Tommy Fury, it's not like he's a household name. No, right. I I'm not sure being being Tyson Fury's brother obviously does carry some weight in sell, but like you said, if you could have you know fight against Dylan Dennis or some of these other guys they're yeah. talking about, I think you can make just as much, if not more, money for obviously far less risk. Tommy Fury must be a similar sort of size to him as well, I imagine. So there is, yeah, there is he's that got arms like Mr. Tickle. Yeah, yeah. Biggest um, L of the weekend, Tyron Woodley, from being in Askren's corner to then coming out and saying, 
oh, you wouldn't be able to do that to me. No one cares about Tyron Woodley. The UFC <laughs> doesn't care about Tyron Woodley. None of us care about seeing you 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 boxing and not throwing a punch. No, that that was painful, wasn't it? I saw that little location. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be at the head of this queue. I mean, I mean, I don't think. Who knows? Maybe you just maybe he's played the blinder now and he's put himself in a conversation that we never thought he would be in. But I don't know that he's the sort of personality no. that they're going to need opposite them. I.e. no personality so far we've seen in his career. Yeah, he, he mumbles when he tries to trash talk. It's it's not a good look. I mean, the attempts that him and Kamara did when when they were trying to have a bit of trash talk before their fight were yeah. pretty painful, pretty much as bad as it gets. Hey, call that Ornstein, yes. He, not Ornstein, he just popped up on my phone. That would, <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> call that Nate Diaz yesterday. You call that Nate Diaz? Jake Paul. In a boxing match, how do you think that goes? Because we know Diaz I, obviously I go with, I, top I'll go with Jake Paul. You'd still go with Jake Paul, though? I mean, the size of it, if nothing else. Yeah. At least Nate is probably similar sort of height to him, at least. Obviously, he's not, he's yeah. not big as him physically, obviously. I was going to ask, who's the... Just doesn't move his head. <laughs> who's the sort of... Highest level MMA guy who you would not pick Jake Paul against, if you see what I mean. Who's the MMA guy that you would actually think if Jake Paul picks on this guy, he would come and stuck in a boxing match as well? This is. Um, I'm trying to think of kind of size wise. Because um, I was thinking if they did a complete flip and got Masvidal in with him, for example. Again, he's a bit bigger than him, but they could make it work. I'd probably go with Masvidal in that in that instance. Um, so, yeah, that's. I was thinking you just you're kind of looking for people who do have a boxing background, aren't you? At that stage, they said they could call on that experience. Probably someone like Derek Brunson, maybe. Imagine if he got the call out, <laughs> some rocky call, like <laughs> Derek Brunson. Oh yeah, I'm literally just looking at kind of. 185 pound ish rankings because it's just it's just because if you do treat him as if you do think he's a good boxer whatever then it seems so disrespectful to say he could beat these established guys but if he's doing boxing we know how much MMA guys struggle coming across and vice versa yeah like you wouldn't want to put him in, basically you, you want someone that doesn't have footwork like you know these guys can punch yeah. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't say go in there with Darren Till. You wouldn't no, say no, go no. in there with Starbender. You wouldn't go say go in there with, with Whitaker. Yeah. You'd say go in there with Calvin Gastelum, who does have hands. I'm just saying about someone with slower footwork. Go in there with, I don't know, Chris Weidman. I was just thinking at some point they're going to have to up the levels of risk, aren't they? Where it's they also have to make it worth it for the UFC because if you're under contract, then yeah. Dana has to release you. Yeah, for sure. I worried when I saw Chuck Liddell ringside. I thought, what is oh, going no. on here? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not too sure. I, I... Dennis, Dennis is the one. If they can do that, they may it's, not it's even perfect, they can it? sell it. Because um, if he is angling for McGregor, it's, it's the perfect sell. Yeah, and it may be that 
they, they essentially need to keep enough interest that they can have the money on the table to say, well, they claimed he could put 100 million on the table, 50 billion each for him and McGregor. Hard to believe when they made a million between them on uh, Saturday, but who knows? McGregor is a lot different to Ben Askren. Yeah, and his, uh, presumably the payday for the next one will go up as well. His stock has only risen, yeah. so he's only gotten bigger. So, as long as, I, yeah, I just think if he just has to carry on that upward trajectory, doesn't he? In terms of there has to be the next guy always has to be something different or some sort of yeah. sell because people won't want to see this. Uh, even some of his YouTubers, I imagine, will want to see something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, until the next fight, uh, where is he on your pound for pound list? <laughs> what level do you think do you think he could get to? If he, you know, if he was, I to think go in he right, could I... get onto world rankings. Do you reckon? Have you seen the cruiserweight world rankings? Valid, valid. I think he can get a I'm WBA gonna say he ranking. Get an area title. <laughs> I think he can get a WBA ranking. I mean, yeah, I mean, Joe Fournier has a WBA right tonight, you know, but yeah. to be Fournier. But yeah, if, if he actually was forced to do it, I was thinking, I felt a bit disrespectful saying he could get to like British title level. Obviously, he's not British, but that sort of level, I felt a bit disrespectful saying that. But as you said, the higher the weights, the, there is less depth. Yeah, now, yeah. if you had him in there with like Craig Richards, then you'd be picking Craig Richards, wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess that was my thing. I was thinking about the local sort of... Uh, that's what I've seen. I was thinking, yeah, I mean, they're like heavyweight wins. Any Exactly. Getting even cover levels up in now, that would, wouldn't be pleasant for him, would it? No. So that, that was my thing. I was thinking, what, what is it? If you take all the joke inside, what, what level do you think he could get to? I thought maybe. I, I, do title, think, I do think. I do think. I do think he's better than until he gets chin. Sorry? I think. I, I do think he'll do it till he gets chin. Like, I think. I, he I is tend legit. to agree. Yeah. And someone will put enough money on the table, and it, it may be that it's one of these Russian guys. Could be, yeah, yeah. I do agree with you. He's just going to go until he, yeah, finds his ceiling, isn't it? Which, yeah, it's kind of to be respected in a way. Yeah, um, you've been showing up here with the Leeds players, by the way. They all came out in t-shirts saying "Footballs for the fans" <laughs> to start the for game off, and they got a big banner up as well. But I think that just about does us for today. So thank you for listening to another edition of Spitballing Pod. We'll be back on Friday with Movie Madness Season 3, starting with Avatar against True Romance. Till then, goodbye.